Hi and welcome to Sweetman Podcast. It's Simon Sweetman here. I'm your host. And uh, this week, uh, it's uh, what are we up to here? Episode 10. Wow. So we're talking to Alice Bryan, local comedian. Uh, she's a Wellington-based comic. And uh, I didn't re- I didn't know Alice until I saw her perform one night. And um, I thought she was very funny. And, and she was on the bill with another local comic. And, and I don't often like local comedians. So something really kind of, there was a real spark there for me that here was someone doing something a bit different, a little bit fresh. So I said hello to her that night and, uh, and you know, told her it was a great show and then I wrote a review about it and, um, and we had sort of been in touch a wee bit about maybe one day having a chat and that's turned into this, to this uh, podcast which we talk about her, her life, um, what she's done so far. Uh, and and comedy in general and then we also get into a bit of the old dialogue about what's the point of a reviewer and uh, and uh, whether reviewers should even attempt to review comedy and who should be the right person to review comedy and who should be the right person if there is one to attempt comedy so I, I enjoyed this it was um, it was uh, we got loud at one or two points and uh, we got majorly off track and then we managed to kind of get back on topic so this one's pretty fun and I urge you to check her out. I think she's uh, she's funny and I think she's doing something different and um, yeah, it's a it's it's a it's a pretty enjoyable chat this one. Well I had a good time talking to her and, and this is me talking with Alice Bryan. I guess what I wanted to probably ask you first up is uh, I read something recently, one of your um, Facebook posts where you kind of like um, you sort of set a scene around this is kind of where I've got to in two years. It was two years ago that I decided, I think it was two years or a year. Yeah, it's two, like years. two years. Two years ago that I did my first open mic, yeah. um, stood up and did my open mic. Um, so in that two, you've, you've basically been attempting and um, perfecting bit by bit your comedy for two years. So I guess what I wanted to start with was um, what made you do that open mic and how how long did you sort of deliberate on it or did you just jump in and then go, actually, this is something I'm going to try again? Yeah. Uh, That's really interesting. That's why I wanted to, that's why I remember I reshared that because you know how Facebook's doing that thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say that's what it was, wasn't it? Yeah, memories, those are great for like deleting old content. It's amazing. Mm. You just go through and like delete, 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 and then you can just skip through. Yeah. You know. Um, but yeah, when I did stand up, I had been totally procrastinating in my life without realizing for a really, really long time. And I was really lucky. I, I still sort of feel like I kind of escaped something. Yeah. I was really lucky when I actually got around to doing it. Like I was working at an insurance company and it was the worst ever mm. it was it just full-on micromanagement just no one trusted you you just felt horrible all day every single day and you just didn't want to be there and I'd done at university before having that job I'd worked um, at like a tech company but bef- and it was just a mess but um, I did a whole theater film and media studies degree and I majored in all three of those yeah. subjects and then before that at, when I was at, at like high school everything was just theatre and media and I won all the awards for all that stuff and it was crazy but then all of a sudden I'd had this like three year four year gap just dragging out where I was doing absolutely nothing 
Just turning up to work and hating just it. Just turning up to work and hating it. And I remember yeah. I put on like a lot of weight. And then I just started to slowly kind of have that itch need to like, what is it? What are you doing? And it wasn't, I really, I had some really supportive friends. My best friend, Emily, was kind of constantly saying things to me. Like, when are you going to get, when are you going to do this stuff? Mm, mm. Like, when are you going to get into it? Like, when are you going to do the thing? What even is the thing? Like, I'd always been funny, but what is the thing that you do? Because mm. I've done plays and I've done all sorts of stuff. Like, what was it going to be? Um, and I kind of always thought maybe I'd do stand-up. I was like, how does that even work? Mm. Am I... Because you can tell with stand-up, it's a different kind of funny to the funny that you are in real life. Like, if mm, you're really mm. good at making witty one-liner jokes at the dinner table and you can bring the whole table down, mm. you probably still can't take exactly what you said and put it up on stage. Yeah, and that's not your audience or whatever. Yeah. Like you just, yeah, you it's, can't recreate that. And if, yeah. Even if you tried, it wouldn't translate. Mm. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, no, I'm not that kind of funny. I'm only like the other type of funny. And I sort of just had in my head, like, no, I don't do that. Other people do that kind of thing. And it wasn't... And this is, I think, a problem with, a little bit with the state of New Zealand television, maybe. Mm. Um, or just my own ignorance at the time. Um, but I had a friend post on my Facebook wall, a, one of those, like, illegally bootlegged um, YouTube specials. Like, it was it was Amy Schumer's first special. It was, like, mm. Um, mm. It was called Mostly Sex Stuff. And mm-hmm. it was on YouTube, the whole thing. Um, this is about six months before I ended up doing the stand-up gig and she put it on my wall and was like look at this it's just it's like look you could do it and I was like oh what is this because it was this girl who looked like me I was like oh wow I mm. <laughs> oh there's ones out there that look like me oh I didn't know and then you kind of need one role model mm. I think is all you need to just go oh hang on a second and I watched it and I was just dying laughing like so it just you related to it obviously I was just always inspired like she does totally different jokes to me and totally Mm, different mm. content to me it's like really I'm glad you brought her up so so soon because I I didn't want to bring up women well no 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 no. I I had seen a couple of your things where you had like you'd wigged out about her retweeting you or Mm -hmm. you know or replying that was the greatest of my life yeah 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 so (laughs) I kind of you know it was pretty easy to deduce from that that you're you're something of a fan of hers (laughs) But I wondered, um, yeah, how to bring that out up because I didn't know if you were hugely inspired by her in any way or actually you were just um, pretty stoked that a celebrity engaged with you on Twitter, no. which would have been a valid answer too because, no. you know, a lot of people are. But yeah, no, And also I didn't want to force that thing where... So you're a fan of Amy Schumer. Yeah, yeah, you, you, must be trying to, you must be trying to be like her. No, we look similar. Well, I mean, we had the same skin color and hair color. Yeah. Um, and it was just really exciting to see someone just like me doing stand up, and I was like, "What is this? It's so yeah. different." Like I was like, "Oh well," because I don't really talk about sex apart from apart from <laughs> my most recent material, which is like totally yes, exactly that, but not in the Amy way at all. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, but. It, it was still just like so incredible to see this person just be so funny and just bring this massive room of like 50% men and 50% women from all different races like bring them down like just so funny mm. um, and that was what I when I, I really was like who is this person I, I wikipedia'd her and I learnt that she hadn't done her first stand up gig until she was 23 mm. and I was like what because that was the other thing I thought oh should I I feel like it's a long road to Seinfeld. Maybe I'm mm. just, it's too late for me, mm. you know? 
Um, and so she she hadn't done it until she was 23 and I was like, this is, I don't have any more excuses, this is crazy. So I told my best friend Emily and she was crazy excited, I was like, I'm gonna do stand-up. Um, and then she came with me to those raw, those Monday, raw meet Monday shows. Mm. We watched one of them, just one. <laughs> it was like the first kind of raw open mic gig I'd ever actually been to. Right. I mean, I'd been a Steve Wrigley, oh, I'll tell you more about Steve Wrigley later, he's been a huge influence, but um, I'd been going to like a lot of NZ comedy, mm. mainly just Steve Wrigley gigs and Di Henwood gigs, but um, other than that, this was, a, this was the first time I'd actually seen raw comedy live like this. And I mm. went in and I remember being so frustrated in the audience because I was like, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no, this isn't, no. Like, I, I get the idea you were trying to say there, man, but like, ugh, you didn't get it out right. And just that I was just so overwhelmed wanting to do it. So I went up to the person organizing it and asked her, like, how do I do this? And she was like, oh, you fill out this form and maybe we do a workshop first and there's like a waiting list. And I was like, just no, 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 no. Like, I see you have a little calendar book put me in when is the date that I'm doing this and she was just like this is crazy I've never seen anyone like this before and just gave me a date um and it was the something 24th of September mm. and I was 24 so it's two years ago like nearly today yeah um and that was when I did my first gig it's quite, it's a pretty big journey to it and I, I really kind of like I cheated death every time I think about it what um, was the response to the first? It was okay. Did you pack it with mates? Uh, yeah, I packed it with people. I took a picture of the open mic stand, that one that I yeah, really yeah, shared. Yeah, yeah. I took that picture, bef- like just after the show finished. I took a picture of that and I put it up on my Facebook and I was like, "Oh, this is going to be me in two months. I'm doing an open mic," and mm. everyone just went nuts, like. And mm. I remember getting phone calls and I was like, yes, you're finally doing it. Mm. Um, so I really did. I, I packed it. In my memory of it, there was 600 people there. But I think there was more like 30. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't, I think 15 of them were my mates. Yeah. <laughs> but I just, it felt like everyone I knew was there. And I, it, I the material was like, what? But um, the response was huge. I remember looking to the corner of my left eye and there was a woman sitting in the front row who I did not know and I don't think she knew anyone who I knew. Yeah. She just happened to be there and she was like in tears and I was like, I don't even know you. Like, this is the... Uh, and I, I still crave that high mm, of the mm. person I don't know at all mm. just being in stitches. It's like... Yeah, yeah. Um, so what did you... Um, was it a case of just bitten by the bug got to do this again straight away yeah yeah so that was my first gig was Roy and then I told Steve Wrigley I was like I did it man I finally did finally did stand up and he was like yes Brian like thank you thank you because I've been telling him for a hundred years like maybe I'll do stand up one day because you know I'd met him in a crazy situation um but yeah so I told him and then he was like I'm doing a gig at the cabin club next week and then he gave me this like call. I think looking back at it now, I'm pretty sure he called me and made it the most special thing yeah. ever. Yeah. And he really hyped it up like a massive opportunity. And I'm like, only actually ever recalling this now. That is so funny that he did that. He really did like, this is it, Alice. It's the cabin club. Like, it's the medicine. Mm. Are you okay to do this? And I was like, freaking out. I wrote a whole new set and I did that gig and it was awesome. And I remember thinking in my head that I said the F word too way too much and I couldn't stop saying the F word and it was so annoying I was like mm. I don't I hate this mm. um but it was a really good set um 
And T Radar was there, which is so annoying because I'm like, I hope he's been to a gig since. <laughs> like, <laughs> I hope that's not it for him. Um, and then the third gig I ever did was Die Henwood. I opened for Die Henwood at the San Fran Bathhouse and it was like 300 people. And that was just like, what am I doing here? So how did you get that? Was that Steve, Steve had gone, she's good. She's good. The bar did. staff yeah. had gone, yep. Garrett, back it up, she's good. Yeah. And then I went in and I did it and I was good. I look at it now, I'm like, that was crap. Like two minutes of, it was two minutes of material that I would admit to doing. Yeah. <laughs> but the rest of it was like, oh my God, no. Um, the ideas were there though. I had ideas. So I kind of want to go back to, um, like the Amy Schumer thing interests me because I, um, when I saw you perform, I've only seen you do the one set, and I liked it. And and actually, Steve <coughs> Wrigley <laughs> took me along, and so yeah, Steve you know, yeah, so very he, he's very much um, in your camp and mm. and and an enthusiastic cheerleader, I would say. But he he got that right, and um, for for me, I enjoyed it. But um, but what I um, took from that was I felt like you hadn't arrived at stand-up comedy, comedy, the sort of stereotypical way where um, people watch stand-up comedy over and over and almost feel like they are trying to, you know, make their mark in this giant, strange mm. sphere where, you know, these old kind of icons, mm. people still talk about, you know, Lenny Bruce, and if not that, then George Carlin and Richard Pryor and a little bit more recently Bill Hicks and and so on and that's that's the kind of mecca which I've always thought is um, for a start pretty fucking lofty heights for people from New Zealand where we don't really have the scene to support that it's we're starting to get it more now which yeah. is kind of amazing so I I'm came not, into it just as that scene sometimes I feel like did I cause the scene? <laughs> like, well, that's wanna... how much I landed on it. Just yeah. bang on as it just all took off. Well, I want to know um, a little bit about how and where you grew up and what you did um, that made you understand that you were funny. So mm. you... that's a big. I've not thought about that. Yeah. So let's well let's go back. So you you're a Wellingtonian. Yeah, I um, was born in Lower Hutt Hospital, and then I went to Eastern Hutt Primary School, Hutt Intermediate. And high. Yeah. Um, I lived in Canberra for like three years when I was a toddler. Fun fact. Yeah, it doesn't count. I think it makes my accent less thick, maybe. I like to hope. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no influence there. Um, but yeah. Were you, I mean, you mentioned doing like plays and stuff at school and, oh, yeah. and, and, and um, sort of, you know, English and, you know, theatre based stuff. So. You're a, you're a performer. Yeah, you, had, I, you knew that yeah. early on. Like you're a, on. you're a show off yeah. kind of personality. It was yeah. That's the thing. Is like I'm, it's not a show off kind of personality, but I think it is to other people. It looks like yeah. a show off personality. Yeah, yeah. That's what but I mean. But it's it's more like it. I just like it's impossible for me to not um, storytell. So when I was little. It's just there's so much to it, right from when I was really little. I was oh, writing, I was God. writing stories. This is your, this is your platform. <laughs> That's weird. I was writing stories um, before I was reading stories. And I still suck at reading stories because I get halfway through, and I'm just 
way too inspired. Yeah. And I just go and write my own story. Yeah, I've got four stories in there. It's got nothing to do with, yeah, any of the story I've read, but I'm like, yeah, you know what? A million little pieces is good. It's just that I've got this better idea and I just, I gotta get it out. And I was a little kid, like, flipping through, I don't know, Old MacDonald had a farm and being like, I got a better one about a zoo. (laughs) And I remember for my sixth birthday, I got a stapler because I could take all the bits of paper I was writing on and then I could staple them into books and it was just like, yes, <laughs> this is the best. And I just loved my staplers so much. Stapling together books was the best. And I don't hate it. My mum thinks that there's so much content I was producing that she just like lost novelty real quick and has like one story left. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, and it's crazy. It doesn't make any sense. It, the, the last page is so, I was going down like a really like, um, I don't know what's the word. I don't know what the word is. I'm trying to think of it. It's an artistic word for like, it's like data, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, um, and so I was writing, I used to always write stories like crazy. And then we got a computer and I was like, yes, and would write and just go to my road, go to the study and just bang out story after story after story, save as you go. Like, I just how, how obsessed old, how with old, it. How old at that point? Nine, eight or nine. Yeah just obsessed with writing stories um and then i also was obsessed with taking photos and i was obsessed with mad into documenting and so i would like my dad used to video my dad's kind of the same like he videoed my entire life mm-hmm. and so people like oh it's so weird generations ahead of us with iphones everyone's gonna have their entire life on video i'm like and who, else is got in, it. who else is in your family how many uh, you got siblings uh yeah yeah, yeah. there's juliet who's my younger sister and she looks just like me much funnier than me way <laughs> way funnier than me like i can't breathe a lot of the time when i'm around her um she's in london and then there's my older sister she's Emily. not she's not pursuing comedy she's not pursuing comedy because yeah. she's um sane yeah she's a sane person yeah, yeah, yeah. um and then there is emily who is in australia and she's just like raising everything she's like irene from home and away just bring him in. <laughs> she's amazing. There's like pets and just, oh, she's so great. And then there's my brother Christopher, who's like an extreme bodybuilder. And he has an incredible story. Um, he's absolutely amazing. He, he's just casually overcome the most uh, extreme disease. Like he had lupus and was in a wheelchair and couldn't go back to high school. And started just putting bricks in his backpack and charging out the fire break like to just try and get rid of it and ended up in the army and then just was a karate instructor and now is a bodybuilder and he also works for like an awesome sales and marketing company he's like what are you even with like a casual protein supplements business on the side what were you folks feeding you guys it's <laughs> crazy eh <laughs> we're, we've all done we didn't have like something a, high octane yeah we things we didn't have we there's a uh, this is not something i talked about did it yeah so we didn't have a very um the, ch- the my childhood was really interesting so there a lot of shit went down okay basically um are we going to talk about that or not uh, really? Oh, I don't know. Go, have another, have another drink. and oh, Go know. for it. No one's, no one's, mm. no one's listening at this point. It's not. It's not that it's um, it, it's not that it's sensitive to me at sure. all. Like I'm like pretty solid on it. Yeah. It's just that I bet you there's a lot of people maybe who want me to talk about it. Yeah, sure. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of. 
that's why I'm being respectful and leaving it up to you. I'm, nah, I'm not trying to push you, but it sounds like you want to save like it up for material. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> not that it's funny. Well, yeah, it yeah. is funny. But. You're going to um, try and make it funny. I'd rather kind of like really, if I'm going to go into that side of stuff, I'll do it in a really cool way. Okay. So you had an unconventional. It was really unconventional. There's a lot of like, you, you suffered like a lot of hard knocks, but my, my mum is just the most. So my parents are divorced, and my mum was just like raised us from mm-hmm. scratch, and you wouldn't even know that there was a problem. Mm-hmm. Everything was amazing, but it was like, I just don't know how she did it. And how are you with your dad? Was uh, the, are you okay now? Was yeah, there a period yeah, yeah, where you yeah, weren't, or a, were you always... There was a period there, um, I sometimes he's quite hard, sometimes we will back heads quite a bit, because I don't like to, where other people want to like brush things under the rug, and like si- everyone move on. Are you too similar, on. or not at all alike? No, well we're... So if you meet, if you see him and the funny stuff that he does, and he puts funny YouTube videos up, and like he's really engaging when you talk to him, you're like, God, you guys are two peas in the pod, and yeah. then I just want to crack everyone in the face, like, no, we're not, no, we're yeah, not, yeah, definitely yeah. not, very yeah. different. Um, but we, yeah, yeah, we're very similar in some ways, uh, but like all the, I got extra really, really good bits that he didn't get, so that's probably yeah. <laughs> But, um, yeah, he, he and I have a, I have a great relationship with both my parents, basically. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I just, my mum is just something that people, you know, you, you hear about her, and, and I, I talk to all my friends about her, and she's and, just so cool. And the kids were always tight? Your, your oh, siblings? Yeah, we have or? a weird relationship, us kids. We're tight as. Yeah. But, like, not, I don't now. know, like, it doesn't even feel tight. It's never felt tight, but it's definitely tight. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't even... Yeah, we, we know each other so well that we don't even need to bring up anything. Yeah. There's no, there's never been any fallout. No one would, we, like, the idea of having a fallout with one of your siblings is like, what? Mm-hmm. But other people have fallouts with their siblings. Yeah, big time. And it's like, huh? How? <laughs> How could you do that? Um, but yeah, we, yeah, we, 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 um, are great, all of us. Okay. So when did you, um, when did you gauge or when did people start telling you that you know you were quite funny you were a oh, yeah, that's quirky a bit different well this is where we're getting to with this oh, like, the tangents yeah 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 so where did um, where did you gain an awareness that you know you could crack people up or that you went about what things or you told stories in a way that was you know I just think you 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 see someone, I reckon maybe the first time you see someone being funny when you're a little kid, you're not going to remember that time, but you're like, that is great. What? You're either going to go, that is the coolest thing mm. I've ever seen. And from that, you're going to do two things. You're either going to try and do that and see what happens, or you're just going to keep watching the show. Mm-hmm. And I guess when I was watching people be funny, I was like, can I do that? And then you tempt. And if you make everyone laugh as well, then you bang on. Mm. And I guess that's when you get the bug, like, all right, I'm just going to keep trying to make people laugh. Mm. Um, so I reckon by the time you're like eight or nine, you're just never trying to be funny. It's just naturally happening now. Everything you do, your instinct is to go for the kind of slightly obscure side of it, or like, how can I spin that round? So what, was you kind of, what do you reckon your kind of um, first shtick was? Were you like, Saki? Were you... Um, I think I was self-effacing. Were you? you know? I think when I was younger, I was really slapsticky. That was really young. No, do yeah. you know what's always been? It's always been parody mm-hmm. characters and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. 
um, what was it? I remember my mum used to let me watch Graham Norton when I was younger, and I just thought he was hilarious because he was, it was the old granddaughter when it was mm. like crazy camp. It was mm. just like the best show and he had a huge teddy bear phone. Um, he was great. And Seinfeld, what was my CD? I had a Seinfeld cassette that we listened to in the car and I liked it, which because I was nine, I'm like, what was it like, really? <laughs> you know, I remember he had this joke about how a horse is going around the track and it's also fast paced and there's a jockey and it's like the most intense race you've ever seen and the whole time the horse is just going and it's here oatmeal I got my oatmeal bag right <laughs> that's the joke and as a nine-year-old that was like the best joke and me and my sister used to crack up about it I would always call it always call it back like always make an oatmeal joke now thinking about it, I'm like that's crap but you see so there you did have like you were following comedy in a sense like yeah and there was you those... had there were some you were obviously at some stage aware of the role of a comedian and, and yeah. at some quite early stage it seems. And I started, yeah, I started making, I used to make fake radio stations all the time. Okay. I'd have cassettes and Did you I'd... do prank calls? Nah, that's no. naff. <laughs> yeah, sorry, that's something we did when I was little. But... <laughs> no, no, people did prank calls but yeah. it was like, it's not that funny. I, I've never really understood, um, I mean, you listen to people who do it really, really well and there's maybe something in it but I've never really quite understood it's like, like, I get it if you're going to record it and then publicise it, because yeah. then it's for the enjoyment of everyone else. Brilliant. Like, I understand that concept. Well, someone said to me recently, <clears throat> which I thought was very good, and I'd never really thought about it before, that American comedy, by and large, and American comedy is obviously a very big influence on us, Kiwis. I think, you know, obviously British comedy mm. is too, and we get both. But someone said that American comedy <clears throat> seems to, it requires a victim. Which I, thought yeah. was, which I thought was really interesting and I think the victim's often the comedian can be can be or it could be you know the subject of the the joke um and part of the audience that sort of thing too it is often the comedian yeah most of them will say stuff I, I who's I talking I saw this about oh I'm, I've got a friend in the states his name's Barrett and I'm trying to tell him to do stand-up comedy he's very funny and he's a writer mm. and I said like I'm already writing for all these different places um and I'm not even a writer. Yeah. I just got in from doing stand-up. Like, do just do some stand-up. I reckon it's going to cut the queue. But we started that discussion exactly about because yeah. he is from the States. It's really yeah. interesting to bring that up. Um, and I said, I think that the main thing that every single comedian does, or nearly every single comedian does, when they have a really good setup for each act is they will start with something self-deprecating within like the first line. Yeah, and yeah. then he was like naming all these comedians I didn't even know. And I'd chuck them into YouTube and bring up just whatever set they had on there. And like the first line, every single time, I was like, mm. I can't believe I've created it. Like they just go straight back on themselves. They walk out and you can be as arrogant as you like after. That's right. You've apologized because yeah. you have a huge nose and blah, 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 yeah, blah, blah. Yeah. Some stereotype about huge nose yeah. people. I don't know. Yeah. And it's, yeah, I find that really interesting. You have to kind of be the underdog first, um, mm. which I struggle with because I don't... Like, but <clears throat> British comedy, um, you know, to, to, to talk about it as one thing, when, when just like American comedy, it's not just one thing. No, yeah, it doesn't need to be. <clears throat> British comedy is sort of, yeah, doesn't require that, that victim. And even, mm -hmm. you know, there are British stand-ups that are, that are self-effacing or whatever, but um, there are also the ones that, you know, they'll eventually poke fun at themselves, but that's not, they're not doing it to endear themselves to you. They're doing it as a sort of... 
Because they can't. Well, almost sort of like like Dylan Moran's, you know, a good example of of a guy who like just likes to sort of engage in self-loathing. Oh, he's so so good at it. That's sort of what he does. This the not even self-effacing, but that's where he, you know, um, points at himself and calls calls himself a useless slob. He's looking forward to dying. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, he wants brilliant. He wants, that so kind of, he wants that kind of um, die-on-stage moment. He's got, nothing, he's got just nothing to lose. He's just great. But it's that kind of persona he puts on. There's been an interesting shift in the last few years, I think, where the, you know, the dying-on-stage moment and the awkwardness and silences can be a really great thing in comic. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I know it's always been... Really people like Andy, Andy Kaufman's obviously a great example of someone who explored that a long time ago, but... Um, yeah, it seems like now people get the sort of point of that. Mm. People are growing. People are growing minds, and that's the thing I was saying right at the start about New Zealand and what's on TV. Yeah, is that you know? So here I was. I have just for some reason have not seen enough stand-up comedy in my time. Mm-hmm. And you got Justine Smith, who is incredible, and she's the comic that I've always seen live, and she's just like amazing. I was always crazy inspired by her. Mm. Um, I think it might have just been at the totally wrong time because she was doing a lot of gigs when I was like 19 mm-hmm. and I was really invested in going to R&V at that point of my life. <laughs> so there was just like zero plans because obviously, you know, everything was going to work out. I was going to do my theatre degree. I was going to keep going to R&V all the time mm. and then I'd just like magically have some <laughs> awesome job and I was doing like radio promo and like, <laughs> um, yeah, I had it all planned out. Um, but if you kind of look around at what we have really out in the public, it, it's kind of no wonder I didn't really think I was the right person to do comedy. If you just take that, I can see how I became really ignorant mm. because I'm just so, it's not, I hadn't really been, I just, I do think that you need a kind of hero first or mm-hmm. a lot of people might need a hero first before they come up with the idea themselves. Well, it's, you know, <clears throat> they always say when you're, you know, when you're, um, say, you're writing poems, one of the best things you can do writing poems is just find a poet you like and damn near copy out the poems and and eventually you'll replace their words with yours but you'll use similar line breaks and you'll... You'll be influenced by Yeah, yeah, you find your voice through pretty much ripping someone else's voice off and trying it on, seeing how it feels, wearing it around, knowing the whole time it's not actually your voice but... And that's and it's got to be. Um, I'm sure it's similar with with comedy. Yeah, it's it's kind of like how do you? I don't know. Like it would have been. You, so you have rugby and you have the All Blacks and you have it's a, it's a man's sport. It would have been a really big deal for the first fe- female to go. I want to play that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, where did she get that idea from? And so it's kind of like what I was looking at was a situation where we only kind of had a really small. Um, amateur team of mm. people that I had never even seen before and then all of a sudden you see one of them on TV like one of the female all blacks on mm. TV and you're like what mm. we can do this oh I had no idea but it wasn't until you get into the scene and then all of a sudden I'm like really like you know interested in what other comics are doing that I realized that there are billions and billions of girls out there that are women out there sorry that look like me and I, I'm not the only one. I got mm. a lot of competition out there. I'm not some special thing. Um, it's definitely not. I'm not the first person to do stand up as a woman. How not? Well, I've always sort of thought that, the, uh, uh, well, across the last 20 years, which is really where I see 
a New Zealand comedy scene starting to take shape, mm. and majorly in the last five and ten, mm. but even sort of 20 years ago when you've got, um, you know, the starts of dedicated stand-up shows and, and the comedy festivals ta- yeah. taking shape and so on, I've always kind of thought that the New Zealand scene has got pretty close to being... Not 50-50, but there are a lot of yeah. women involved, and more so, obviously more so with time. There is like, if, like, someone could prove me wrong. If we go back to 20 years, there was maybe one or two oh, yeah, women on the scene. But the last 10 years, there's been a lot. Heaps and heaps and heaps. Yeah. But um, the problem was with me, I was just so ignorant in that sense because I didn't go to any live stuff. So you didn't really follow the local scene until you were in I didn't follow the local scene until the first time I went to a raw gig. And the second time was when I was in it. That's yeah. kind of interesting. Like, I, I, um, because what I realised the other day, I was talking to someone, um, I think about the fact that you were coming in here to talk and I, I recognised that I've never, I don't think I've ever interviewed, I mean, this is a chat rather than an interview, but I don't think I've ever interviewed a comedian, ever. Oh, that's, I don't know if that's, that's great, I think. Well, I think it's good too, I mean, it's, it, but it was strange to me, because I, I kind of assumed that I had. Yeah, yeah. And I, I love comedy, I follow comedy, um, and have done, you know, for a long time, but I don't know that I've ever interviewed a comedian, and I kind of, so there are some, there are some things I want to kind of bring up, and, um, and, and one of them is the sort of, um, the way uh, the New Zealand comedy scene tends to, and I'm sure it's no different to, you know, any comedy scene, mm-hmm. like, but the way for both good and bad, the comics sort of protect each other and sort of define the idea of a critical audience for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um what do you think about that? How have you found that? What do you mean by define the idea of a critical well, audience? Well, okay, so I think like, like you look at, you listen to Maron's podcast, and Mark Maron's podcast, and he, he, you know, he started off talking to comedians and comedians only, and now he talks to other people, and has, you know, like musicians and writers and, and, and actors and stuff, but he, his focus is comedy because he's a comedian. Right. And he'll always talk about... Um, how great certain comics are and how the real magic is actually when you just sit around after the gig and you know chat with these people and you know comedians hate reviewers generally and I think one of the reasons they you know they hate them is because um, obviously they hate them because they get a bad review or whatever that's a good reason to to be unhappy with a reviewer but I sort of feel like um, reviewing comedy is just a it's a weird thing to do. It, it is a weird thing to do. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about that in a minute. But, but um, I, I, I guess what I'm trying to get at here, and I'm struggling to sort of articulate <laughs> it now as you, as you're patiently waiting, um, is I, I sort of think like comedians have got each other's backs. They know how hard it is to to do what they do, but that doesn't mean that their, you know, their sort of fervent defence of oh, well, this person's actually really good should justify the fact you know should justify a shitty set so if i go and watch Mm. you and you're rubbish and i say you're rubbish on the night and um you may or may not talk to me again and that's fine no i just want to know why and you yeah exactly and and i may not be able to sufficiently answer that (laughs) and 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 whatever but you might get steve wrigley say you know 
on your side and going, no, she's really funny because she did this and this and this. And I'm sort of thinking, well, that doesn't really mean anything. Like, the night that I saw, she was not good, and I said so, and I said this and this, mm. and I just had to, you know... And I sort of wonder why comics um, gang together and sort of um, back each other up so much. Yeah, I get it. I get what you mean. Do you get where I'm getting at? Yeah, took totally. that, that big fucking long No, nah, it's really hard to explain. It is hard to explain. Because That's you need thing. so much context to understand. Yeah, like, oh, why do comic comedians back each other up? Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, because I mm-hmm. guess we're like a tube. Mm-hmm. No, I get what you mean. There is like a lot of... Uh, doing stand-up comedy is really... What? No. <laughs> It's a paradox, the whole thing, because mm. watching stand-up comedy gives you an illusion of what stand-up comedy is. Mm-hmm. But in order for it to be stand-up comedy, you have to have people watching it. Mm-hmm. And then those people watching it assume a bajillion things from watching it. Mm-hmm. And then they go away and they take that assumption with them because you've done a really good job of making it look like blah, 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 blah. You've done your job. They walked away assuming all this stuff. You've tricked them. They laughed. Very good. Yeah. And, but then there's a massive downfall from that where they continue that assumption and they don't understand that in order to be that amazing comedian that you are, you had to spend a hundred days being the shittiest comedian you've ever been, mm-hmm. ever, and just die a million deaths. And a reviewer walks in on you and you're like, this is a testing material spot. Mm-hmm. And this is the worst audience I've ever seen and the microphone shit. This is going to be really hard to even get to be okay. Mm-hmm. And if I get a bad review saying, that was garbage, it's like, no... Like, really? Oh, of course it was. Like, there was so many things to, I get just going against me in that show, and I just did everything I could. Mm. And I, you, if you can get massive laughs off it, you've just, like, crushed it, but it still will never be the best gig you've ever got because you have too much going against you. And because you're doing your job, no one's going to know that you had that much going against you. And so they'll assume stuff again, and it gets to a point where it's quite repetitive, and if you catch the wrong comedian thrice... Or the right comedian doing the wrong set mm. three times in a row, mm. you'll write them off. Like, oh yeah, they're crap. I've seen them. That I just honestly like, just don't get it. Don't mm. really like it. Mm. And then you hold that for like a year and a half because you won't bother going back to their stuff. And then in a g- general chit chat with me, you bring it up later at work drinks and be like, <laughs> oh yeah, oh you're a comedian. Oh, do you know what I really don't like? Such and such. And you're like, mm. oh, yeah, okay. And, you, and I'm thinking, they're the most amazing comedian I've ever seen in the last 12 months. They're absolutely taken over New Zealand. What are you talking about? Mm. And you go, oh, yeah, why don't you like them? And then they say something like, they're always so vulgar. And you're thinking of their last set, and it was like 45 minutes about cakes. Mm. And it's like, when was the last time you saw me- them, man? Like, yeah, there's so much so, I mean, there, that there goes is, on. There is, but there's also a sort of... You offend one comedian, or you, you say something bad about one comedian, mm. you're saying something bad about them. Look, it's, take the, it personally look, it's, the, same with, it's the same with music, and, and particularly in New Zealand where it's small, it's the same with music communities here. Like, you, you won't often get musicians saying that another New Zealand musician is rubbish. But you know they're thinking it, and they yeah, might, and they'll, they'll, but they won't. And and I I get that. It, look, I know firsthand that it doesn't really do you huge favors to walk around saying that's it's shit. It's terrible that's shit, that's shit, you know. Um, but it's it's also not honest to go. Oh yeah, I won't. You know, I won't say anything bad about them, and they're doing what I do. So you know, I know how hard it is, and I find that like a quite a frustrating. Mm. Um, situation with it's you know, it's a it's a lazy way of to just if you're just gonna yeah, be like of avoiding oh, of avoiding oh, the they're, fact no that, yeah. they're really great oh whatever it's like mm. shut up 
we no, they weren't. But I mean, you can be diplomatic, and it, it, mm-hmm. this is just a general life skill in every mm-hmm. field. Like you can't have. If someone comes up to you at the office and says your colleague's crap, you're not going to be like, yes, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to be like, ah, yes. Sometimes they do. Mm, you know, sometimes done. Or, yeah, looks. They yeah. do struggle in this area, and like everyone has their thing. You know, or often you might catch them at the wrong mm-hmm. gig, or they didn't have the strongest set. Blah mm-hmm. blah blah blah. Just a human skill. It's mm-hmm. not isolated to comedy and music or any of the arts alone. It's just a skill that you need to be able to honestly, diplomatically say something in a non-offensive way. Sometimes it sucks because in my world, if I had it my way, we'd all just be like, yeah, garbage, absolutely mm-hmm. garbage. But that doesn't get you anywhere. You've learned the hard way from the one time you did say that and you're like, never doing that again. So I sort of, um, I just um, keep coming back to the idea that um, people sort of band together in this little pack and mm. protect one another and, and I totally get why they do it mm. and um, yet it's really funny you'll just about never see we kind of don't though at the same time well you'll just about never see reviewers actually band together in a pack and yeah, one another. you guys are the isolated group okay so let's let's well let's get into um, why you think reviewing comedies mad or a waste of time or whatever because because I, I don't disagree with you I don't I think. just think you should it should only be stand up yeah. comedian a really well seasoned stand up comedian should review comedy no see that's silly because that's really silly for a start because this is what I'm saying your audience is no, not, yeah, is not really well seasoned stand up comedians and if it is you're not selling enough tickets because they all got in for free um, so your audience is a general punter <laughs> so comedians don't get in for free it sucks well, <laughs> your, well your audience is a general punter. Oh. So a comedy reviewer is essentially a general, nah, a general that's punter. Where, that's where but your reviewer, your, your reviewer is essentially a general, a general punter. Es- essentially a general punter with, um, you know, vocational skills towards reviewing. Essentially, like, yeah. But I think the skill set's too good. It's too strong. Uh, it's you're too reviewy. Like if you've got a general punter, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you've got a general punter, and then you had your review document, yeah. And you kind of had to work with them to fill in the blanks. Mm. You'd have a very different review. But you can have a, a general punter review your show now because it's never been easier to the do The internet. That. That's <laughs> it. That's it. And reviewers, yeah, I just reviewers think have to deal with that too that, and, and end up getting, um, you know, whatever reputation we don't have further sullied I, by, I you know, general punters being able to pass comments. But the thing is, the, many, of, saying, many of which can be quite good at what they say. Mm, I just think you you trick the audience in so many ways without even realizing half the time until mm-hmm. you finally get to a point where you're like, oh, I didn't do that thing. Um, Look, just we were, in the way it lands, and what, yeah. the, the reviewer will get tricked as well. Mm-hmm. And then when they are in their review, they will not even realize that they're totally ruining a joke mm-hmm. by just mentioning some context. You're like, nah. this, look, re- reviewing. Um, gigs as an assignment like for me like i go and review shows generally because i'm asked to and like for the paper and that but um i kind of agree that even with music gigs it's it's arguably a strange thing to do mm. you know there are people that say you why do you why do you write about a music gig because uh, it's finished you know the next day it's mm. over and um, people can't revisit it, but that's exactly the reason you do it is so that people it's who either who either didn't go and wish they did can get a bit of a feel around how it was. People who were there and want to revisit it and mm. the next day can get some language around it. 
some people uh, and and it just helps you know I think the thing I think it comes back to that standard argument with reviewers where people read reviews and think not well some people read reviews and think they're being told how to think mm-hmm. and that's not what's happening mm-hmm. they're being given one person's opinion it's a critical opinion in the sense that the person's a, a critic a reviewer and you need to do some research around how uh, whether you feel they have any credibility or not so you can understand that they might have been doing it for 30 years and worked for this 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 and they've covered this and that and, mm. and then you can decide whether that means anything or not and I'm not saying it does but you know you can you you apply your idea to as a reader to whether you think this person you know mm. there's a value to what they're saying and then you read them and then you form your own opinion around what they've said you fill in the blanks but but I agree with you about the comedy thing and one thing you said there because one of the things I was interested to, to talk to you about um, which which we've got onto is we were both at that Joe Mandy gig and he said and it was a great gig and he said a couple of times uh, I don't want you know basically I don't want anyone reviewing this mm. and he said you know I'll, I'll give you money to uh, not review it <laughs> so it's a hundred dollars I was like I'm pretty sure yeah, it's more than you get which, paid which I thought was <laughs> oh yeah yeah well I, w- I want the money from him because it's a good paycheck for me yeah to be um, honest it's legit I have but, his email address you can yeah, get yeah, it I might do that <laughs> um, I and I thought it was I, I thought it was odd that he said it at first but I also totally got why he would say that because um, in America particularly where you're you might be doing five sets a night some nights or you yeah, might be cool. doing five sets a week. You don't want your fucking jokes ruined. Mm, and I know no. that and I know that reviewers ruin jokes. I know that. I, I try my best by I try my best not to, but I I probably have ruined some jokes from some comics. <laughs> I'm sure I have. I, I must have. I've reviewed I've reviewed hundreds of gigs. I think it might just ruin it maybe for the, the have you so I don't know what it is. I, I, it'll happen to musicians. It'll happen to anyone getting mm. reviewed. But stand, maybe no. It's a huge claim. But stand-up comedians are so involved with what people think about them. Um, but at the same yes. time, they it only really works if they give a huge like they mm. they're really interested in what people think about them and what people do and what mm-hmm. people think and how they're reacting. But they also need to 100 percent not care yeah, yeah, what yeah. people think about them when they're doing it. So then when you have a review come out, it's like this document about what someone thinks about you, and you're like, oh man, when I did the show, I knew what they were thinking about me, and I played it like a guitar, like they were laughing like this, and I was like, I'll drag that out longer, and I'll mm. pause here, and then I'm going to actually time this joke a bit differently than normal because of this, and you just, you honestly just play the noise in the room, uh, and you were there and you had a really great gig, but then if you reading the review of it, it's like, ah, really? And you're just going to take everything on board so and you, it'll ruin your whole next set because you can't delete it you just so can't you, delete it in your brain you started to say there that you've had like basically you've had jokes ruined by a reviewer or by yeah reviewers. yeah because yeah. what they'll do situation. is they'll just just mention the content yeah like a shitty first time stand-up comic uh-huh. they, they've seen louis ck yeah and you know how his his just his jokes are hidden so well mm. in just mm. a conversation it's just amazing um he, he doesn't even look like he has any jokes. If you try and say them back, you're like, how does mm. it even go? Mm. Um, so 
he talks and, and, and you can you can pick up the context and you can write down a set list of what the context is he's yeah. talking about. Uh, and so you'll see someone who's maybe seen Louis C.K. and they don't know how to make jokes, but they just know how to do kind of shocking content. And they get up and they say like, I hate my kids. And you're like, oh, no, 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 no. That's not how it goes at all. Like, mm. he, he comes across like he's saying that, but he's not saying that. He's just doing this extreme nuance and it's really, really good. And so what happens with reviewing is that they will kind of do that same thing. Yeah. It's like Alice talks about basic bitches and Tinder. And you're like, yeah, yeah. no, 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 oh, no, wow, no, wow, no, 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 that's... Technically, I did that, but I didn't do it. I don't know, it wasn't your... Yeah. Was no, 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 I mean, that's what you say afterwards, you go... Oh, like, I brought those yeah, things up, like, but... yes, those words were used, but... It was a joke and a parody and... Well, it's a bit like context. how... It's like an email can't convey tone, right? It's a, like... This thing a, from emojis, a, re- a reviewer, a review, mm. I shouldn't say a reviewer, a review can struggle to put across nuance. Yeah, example. so you just need to get rid of it. Like, don't actually mention mm. anything that they say. Mm-hmm. Um, you just don't mention, like, any word that they've said. Yeah. <laughs> and you just describe it instead, I Well, guess. that's... I mean, you know, I think that's sort of what I was doing with my comedy reviews, is that I... I don't think you I, mentioned anything that we talked about. I then. didn't. I, tr- I pretty much did my best with, with, with you guys. Um, you, were, you were doing a show with Daniel John Smith, and so uh, you, you had half an hour-ish each... And so I sort of wrote about both of you in one review. And I tried to kind of describe your styles without ruining your material. Yeah, and um, I think it's definitely possible. And, and it is, I, I know it is, because I, I, I think that's pretty much the way I have re- reviewed comedy. I, I, and I'm looking at it from a point of view similar to how I review music, really, uh, ultimately, is that, you know, whether people like it or not, there is a, you know, you do belong to a canon. You've agreed to... You, you know you're a stand-up comic yeah. so, so people have an idea and the crazy thing with stand-up comedy is everyone has a slightly different idea of what's funny and what stand-up comedy is so, so, so you get up there and do something really fucking crazy um, and the audience is not at all prepared for it and I'm thinking about people like Andy Kaufman and Crispin Glover and these these real like nutty these these real nutty people that did weird things mm. and and broke rules and did you know dataist stuff or whatever <laughs> and the first time they do it and maybe the first as you sort of said before maybe the first hundred times they do it it goes nowhere but they're honing a skill they and develop they know they, and they can have, see the end game they have this extreme yeah. confidence to put this across and um, you know everyone has a different take on that so someone can go and see someone doing some pretty mad shit for the first time and it just appeals to them and they yeah. go that, that's great i love that I, I maybe don't even know why i love it i just love it it made me laugh or it made me think or hopefully both and the person in the seat next to them just fucking hated it from mm. from the moment it started exactly. because it was not their idea of comedy and there's so many comments like that I go and see them every now and then and I'm like this mm. person is killing yeah. like they are destroying and I have no idea why and then you have to kind of take off you're like oh, okay am I having an ego problem yeah like is there some stigma I have attached to the way this person's approaching comedy because it's non-traditional or like it's not the way I do it it's not the yeah. way I want to do it it's, you try and strip all the layers back like just get rid of any prejudice you have and then you watch them and watch them and watch them and still you're like I don't know why this is working the thing is 
whatever it is that they do, so there is this idea of stand-up comedy, and it's been around for, you know, whatever, sort of 60 years and, and, and further back, but in a, but in a modern understanding mm. of it, it's been around 60, 70 years kind of thing. Um, and so there is this canon and there are these kind of tropes and there are these um, archetypes, there are these people that we, you know, you refer to in a review as sound bites and th- styles and you can use a lot of shorthand. You can describe someone as being Bill Hicks-esque. You can describe someone as, you know, being an observational humorist and then, mm-hmm. you, you know, you can name whoever, whether it's Louis C.K. or Jerry Seinfeld or whoever. And and there are people like Louis C.K. who don't fit into just observation. Oh, Louis C.K. so good. Absolutely. But it's he, ridiculous. He, there's a huge observational humour aspect to what he does, but you wouldn't call him an observational no, comedian. No, apparently he, like, sucked for so yeah. long. Well, he, and he then was, I saw a clip of him on YouTube. It was, like, Louis C.K., 1994. Yeah, he did some... He was trying to do surrealist kind of... It was, like, eight minutes. of like... Punchline, punchline, yeah. punchline, punchline. And I was like, oh my god, it's so heartbreaking yeah. to watch. And I wonder if he was always knew the best way for him was to be the one he is now. Yeah. And he was just trying to cover it up because he's taken too much advice or something. Yeah. Yeah. Or he well, was just, it out yet. It's that thing, he was just finding his voice, wasn't he? He was just trying and on to. It terrifies me. I'm like, damn it, am I really <laughs> crap now? And I have See, like Mark, 100 Mark, years to go. <laughs> Mark Maron has arguably found his voice through doing his podcast. He's still performs shows he um obviously, that is what I'm finding he obviously that. gets bigger audiences now because he has this audience that listens to him interviewing people and working through his neuroses and anxieties and demons through the podcast but that's obviously broadened his reach and and, and so forth but you know yeah, I, I can't stand so- I can't stand his early comedy and he and and to me he was a nobody like yeah he mucked around with some big names mm. he's really tight with Louis and he was Sarah Silverman and you know people like that. He probably writes stuff really well. Exactly, exactly. But so they just like his, loved him. Like, oh, I love working with a man, and they're constantly sticking out from me every time they stand up. Well, he was just so angry too, and I mean, anger to me is a, for me personally, I think is a great thing in comedy. I, I like it. I like people that explore. Um, I like when people just get really passionate. Yeah, that's it. Pas- passionate is probably another way of looking at it. But but anger, I think, is you know, I, I like and I and I I like. Comedians who ha- are brave enough to to not have to say at the end, I'm just joking. You know, yeah. That's, to me, that's that's an incredible weakness, and, and, it, and it must be really fucking hard not to do that because you've got eyes on you and you've got people, you know. And their eyes on you a lot of the time are comedians. Yeah, so that's you're right. You're like, whoa, what did you just do? So and you're like, you guys know the best, and but I'm t- just joking. And you, right and now. you touched on this before, and it's like, okay, unless you actually dress up and go under a character name um even if you are you know i think i said in the review of you like you are portraying a version of yourself because Mm. you are talking about things that have happened in your life yeah but you are talking about them differently on stage to how you're talking to me now yeah definitely definitely it is a a role it is a performance it is you know there's that and it doesn't it doesn't that doesn't mean you're being dishonest Mm. but it's a different version of honesty but see that's why for me and i'm sure fucking low just about everyone else but that's why i i have such a problem with the bill cosby news because i went like here's a guy who as a comedian was fucking untouchable for such a long time mm. as a stand-up 
I mean, the show was, you know... Made money. Made money. And, it, you know, like, it, it was in the context of a... That little kid was really cute. In the that. context of, of a, a sort of genre-defining comedy, you know, I grew up with it and enjoyed it. But, mm. like, when I watched his stand-up, this guy had a gift to just sit there with a microphone and never swear. Yeah, and just so well just talk. <laughs> and it's amazing. And the prop, so the problem is these horrific stories about him... Um, you can't, it's, you know, I've always said with music, I don't really care what the person's done if I like their music, which I know some people don't feel that way. Yeah, that's um, interesting that you can do that. But I, I, can, I can do that. Like, I pretty I, much can yeah. do that. I'm safe, because I, I, I think Chris Brown makes fucking horrible music. So <laughs> I, I, he's a cunt of a human being that's done, the worst. that's done shit stuff too. Um, but his music might... Well, I wouldn't say it might almost be as bad as what he's done, but it's, it's to me. Oh no! Nah, of course, it's, no, it's not. But his music. <laughs> it's a good joke, though. There you go. You but can have, you can have that. His music. See how that one goes down. His, <laughs> the thing is, his music's rubbish anyway. So, um, he was. It was never an option for me to be disappointed by what he'd done in his yeah. personal life, right? But you know, if you hear that, like, okay, Jimmy Page, one day it's going to come out that he fucking. Well, people already know that he, you know, fucking kidnapped a girl and kept her against his work, her will and he was into underage girls and he's going to eventually be found out as one of these people, like a Jimmy Savile character. It's awful. Currently, because that hasn't been proved and maybe even after it, it won't stop me appreciating a Led Zeppelin guitar solo. That's interesting. I really don't think it will. Um, Do you think that's but, interesting? But, but, but Bill Cosby, I can't... Can't listen Same. to it anymore. Well, I wouldn't say I can't listen to it anymore, but I haven't, and I don't imagine I will. But the thing is, it's because... I've still got my Bill Cosby records, but that's because no one wants to buy them. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, yeah. you know, I don't want to listen to them. I'm not holding on to them so I can revisit yeah. them. No, well, it's like stand-up comedy. It's like humans talking about humans. But, uh, but so he's done a totally inhumane but, thing. But, but more, music isn't about but humans. More than, but more than that with Cosby, he actually, his, his persona as a comedian wasn't just, this is me, I'm honest. It's like... This is me. I'm honest. I'm wholesome. I'm good. I'm PG. Oh, so you were super duper. So he exactly, and so it was. You were double time. Well, I was. Yeah, everyone was though. Mm. And he, the the greatest trick I think is that he's tricked himself. You know. Oh yeah, and so you know, so he is to me someone now who. I could never say he was not good. He was good. He was really his comedy work was amazing. Yeah, but it's gone. It's quite interesting. But it is gone. It's such an interesting art like that, eh? And, it's, like and, it's so, really cool. and so that's something that, what that's made me do, like I wrote something about that, about how, I wrote a piece about how Cosby was kind of dead to me or his work was dead to me because of this. And that, you know, that's, at this, we might, you The know, illusion is shattered. Like. Yeah, that's it. And so whatever happens, <laughs> mm. uh, and, you know, I, I hope, you know, whatever justice there is isn't going to be enough and all of that. But whatever happens... Um, He's never coming back as a comic. I, I hope he does come back as a comic because he's <laughs> bombed so hard. Well, he's and that will be the justice. The crazy thing is he's still kind of been doing it. Like he what? Has, he's still been Who's doing it. Who's going? People are going. There are people that are... Anti-abortionists. There were people that, And like... Yeah, up until a couple of months ago anyway, there were people that... People would, who believe in... People with tinfoil hats on. There are people that are picketing his shows because of what he's done. And then there are people that are... We that. Uh, yeah, and then there are people that are arguing against them, you know, basically the whole uh, right to a fair trial. Well, that's never going to happen. He's, there's ne- never going to be a fair trial for him. This is, yeah, it's just, I, I haven't really followed it because as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, for 
this bullshit. Yeah. Like, that's not my Well, Amy, no Schumer, Amy Schumer's thing on him was amazing. I haven't even her, seen it. Oh, on her show. Um, oh, what is that? She does the trial with Bill Cosby. And so... I've... Do you know what, though? That's good. <laughs> I actually she gives watched the, she's that. She's the defense lawyer or whatever, and she gives the jury all, like, Cosby sweaters. and. I watched that, and it was one of those times where you... I don't know if you've done this, where you drink too many beers, and then you get, like, Burger King on the way home, and then you, like, watch something. Yeah. And then you can't remember it. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you're not really watching it. <laughs> yeah, that's what I did with yeah. the Bill Cosby one. Okay, well, yeah, go back to that. I thought it was one, yeah. of, one of the best kind of comments yeah, on great. it. She is good. The train wreck was fucking horrible. What? Did you see it? No, I was totally what I expected. Really? Like, so I, I think a lot you of You went to it wanting a shit film. No. It lived up to its title. I don't think it was shit at all. But I just watched it the other day, and I was um, prepared for... I don't it think to be it was my not very was, good. I think it was okay. Why? Sell, sell me on why it was. Good. Yeah, so I was not about to say. Why, I think it might just because it. I just like love her, yeah, and I think go. I'm just like so a mum yeah. watching her child succeed. Yeah, yeah. Not no. That's a totally that's horrible a strange, analogy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a, a horrible analogy. What is the word that I'm going for? It's like how you just um, blinded by love. <laughs> starfucker. <laughs> blinded by love. Yeah, fangirl starfucker. Yeah, so I just I cannot see any wrong yeah 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 so that's i thought i was stitches that is why stand-up comedians cannot review other stand-up comedians <laughs> you have just answered that it needs someone to come oh no I, I'd be the worst reviewer ever why I just yeah no like if I tried to review Daniel John Smith it would just be like a Could, picture of him and then flawless you couldn't stick to a word it'd just now. be formless yeah. just not even the words <laughs> just this man had, can do no wrong <laughs> Well, he's an interesting case, so I think he's very, very good. Um, yeah, that's why I, I tricked him into um, <laughs> sharing a bill show. With you. Yeah, I got him. I got him so early. Yeah, he was still real vulnerable at that stage, and I was. He thought I was great, and so I was like, I don't want to. See, he's a guy who is doing that thing where, um, you know, he's comfortable with that slightly awkward silence, and he's very good at going. I do not need to explain to this to you that this is a joke. You have come to a because that's the thing. Like I always go, look, I've never done comedy. I never would. I'm not a comedian, but I. I would love to see you. I would come and review it. Well, I've had that off. I've had that offer before. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I've had that offer before by um um Jermaine Clement. He wanted to. He wrote to me and said he wanted me to go and do stand up at an open mic and he would um, review it. That would be so funny. His review would be amazing. It would be so funny. Totally. And I said to him, pretty much, you don't need me for this project. Like, you could write a really good review of anyone else and why would I go and do that? Not because... Because it would... Eh. Not, because I, not because I'm worried about... Look, there's a YouTube clip of me in a Santa suit singing fucking a Britney Spears song. Yeah, there's also sing. a YouTube clip of you playing some drums. Yeah, pots and pans and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah someone yeah. sent me that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like... You know, so what do I care about? Is you usually with me as a little kid on Sticky TV. That's great. It's, Have it's, you seen that? No, but... A couple thousand views. I don't know why. <laughs> People are, like, obviously going to YouTube maybe to see if I'm, like, that, online. That might be more embarrassing that's than... That's all they find. That might be more embarrassing than the Santa suit. That is know. so good. And I'm, like, chubby ass and, like, so weird. And that's funny in it, though. Um, but, I, you know, like, I don't need to go and do comedy because I'm not trying to do it. So it makes no sense for me. Yeah, don't do it unless you're really, really, really funny. Well, it would be... um, No, I wouldn't... It's not because it would be, like, belittling comedy or disrespectful to comedy or something. Um, But in a sense, it would be because I wouldn't mean it. It's not something I'm trying to do. Yeah, but I'll go, like, sing a song one day. (laughs) Easily. 
see yeah. see how well I can see how well I can hide it. But that's fine, you know. Like you're not, you know. I'm, you know, for me, it, it's not a, it's not like a, um, it's not like a, uh, what's the word, that I take myself too seriously because I review things. No, it's because there's the pots and pans club. Yeah, it's not. It's just like why would I do that? I play drums and I play drums, you know, pretty badly, but. Um, I play them and I enjoy doing it, so I don't have any problem with the YouTube clips that are about. Uh, also, like the pots and pans thing, it's a free improv noise band. It's, so the comments underneath it are like, well, I think they've been disabled now. But what's a free? The, is it a free improv noise band? Yeah, free so improv, like a foley effects. You just turn up and play. Like you've got no songs, no structure. You just make noise together and see what comes of it. That sounds frippy. So it's good fun, but the point is not. Not, I'm not trying to defend it by giving a label on it, but the thing is, it, it nullifies comments that go, you couldn't even this play in tune. I, I didn't, yeah, you know, not the point. You didn't get to the chorus. And, you know, it's like there isn't one. Like, so, and know. that's kind of what it's like when you get reviewed and someone who doesn't know how to... Sure, exactly. Because there's your audience, yeah. you know, like they're the ones who need to know that Absolutely. your improv pots and pans band is like crap to listen to yeah yeah and so it's like yeah but you guys you guys don't know <laughs> you guys don't know like you don't know the other side of it and so i think that's why people would love to see you do stand up is because you probably walk away with a sort of unconditional empathy or sympathy that you just couldn't well, get rid of no, look you know i know enough about like i've 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 um been on the stage i've mm. played drums and bands i've given lectures at university i've you know, done speeches, I've mm. reviewed, uh, I used to review music on TV on the Good Morning Show, so I've had a camera on my face. Um, the Good Morning Show? Yeah, I did it for years. And The one that's at 10am? Yeah, well, yeah. When you, was that? Uh, well, it was at 10am. No. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 you can you use that. You don't write anything down. That can be, like, that yeah, can that be your opening the, line. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, um, when, I did what, it yeah. when it was in Wellington, when it was at Avalon. Yeah. So I did it from... Uh, I think I did it from 2005 until oh, so about... Until about... I probably watched you on a sick day. Probably. I yeah. probably watched you on a sick day. I used to watch that when is I was that, little... Is that a compliment for me being really good? Like no. Like, it was a sick day of music. Like, it's 10am. Right. Who's watching that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, totally. That's what I always used to do. It's an awkward show. I'm like, are we, should we be encouraging this? Um... <laughs> Should it we was, be approaching a teenage show? It was a fun show to do. I never used to watch it. It was so studios it, it was, cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. I'm so glad we had that. I used to go to What Now. I got on What Now heaps. That was one, you know. Like, we'd go to the What Now studios. It was yeah. so cool. It was at like my yeah. birthday party. It's like my dream. Like, yeah. obviously, everyone shares the same dream as me, you guys, to be on TV. <laughs> like, that's a well, see, this is the point. Worst nightmare. This is part of the point that I was getting to. Is like, my dream was never to be on TV, mm. but like I did, I did um, Good Morning for I think seven years or six years or something, and then it moved to Auckland, and um, you know, like my folks would say to me every now, oh, you should get another job on TV. You should, you know, should do that again. And it was like, it was a different I field. I didn't, I didn't dislike doing it. Yeah. I, the people I worked with were amazing. Mm. Like that, I really enjoyed with mm. the people uh, behind, you know, the camera people, the technical crew. I loved watching what they did and learning about that. Um, the people that interviewed me, the hosts of the show, were great too. Um, but I, as a reviewing gig, it was I wouldn't say like lame, but it was one of the more unfulfilling. You got twenty seconds to plug and out. You know, it was advertising. 
hey, this is Anika Moller's new album. If you liked your last one, you should get this. It's got Anika Moller on it still, and she's still singing songs that she wrote, and she plays the guitar. Right, next. Yeah. You know, it was like that. And so I did it because it was an interesting thing to try and do, and it was a paycheck. It's challenging. Well, it was a paycheck too. Like, to be yeah, mate. Blunt. And, and again, quite a good one for reviewing. So that's why I did it. But um, So when Jermaine challenged me to do stand-up comedy, it was like, um, that's not something I need to do. It's not something I'm trying to do. And I think a better thing was he and I, and I don't know him, but um, we could hopefully one day he'll come around here and we'll do this podcast and we can work out that shit that was going on. Let it this. out. Well, because he, he, well, he was reacting to me bagging Reese Darby. So that's what that was about. So I was... Ripping into the um, the last TV show that Reese did. Mm, the, the, the one I can't remember what it's called. Tour Police? Something like that. The one where he was doing the different characters, yeah, with David Ferrier oh, as the interviewer. And, and I think Jermaine might have uh, directed some of them or something. Like yeah, I really want to watch yeah. that. Yeah, I didn't enjoy it myself, but. Um, I haven't got, I like, I don't get to watch TV at all. Yeah. I'm really busy. I don't, I don't think Reese Darby's at all funny. So. I've never found him funny at all. Not even in a flight of the Concords. Well, no, that's actually that's, that, that's a good point. I did find him funny in that. I did find. There you him, go. So you're just so throwing. Found, you're just throwing. You're just saying anything. Oh look, I'm quite. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's what I do. Like I just say anything. I um I did find him quite funny in flight of the Concords, but it was you know a one note thing that he sort of. I remember watching him in the galas and he was always a sound effects guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. I remember him coming out and just being on the, um, Fight of the Concords and I was like, what? Sound effects guy is funny? He like, was funny was on Fight like, of the Concords, but it was a character and like, I'm sure he, you know, had a big part in the writing of it or whatever. But he played that character so well. Yeah, it's a great character, but he's kind of been doing a version of it ever since. And so? It's, well... That's kind of boring to me, and 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 also he's just not funny with it, and and Flo the Concords, he was, I think the best in that when it was a radio show before it was TV. He was the, well, they were well. Were they a radio show before the, TV? The, and I'm so. Should good. I say Flo the Concords was the best as a radio show? It was just so good. Yeah, BBC radio show. I didn't even. Yeah, I don't think I was. It was so good. But he totally he, he was great. Look, they were great. But I think by the second season of Fly of the Concords, it, it, that's it, the hair met season, isn't it? It kind of done its dash. Nah, hair met. Nah, because they were. They put hair on a helmet. Called a hair met. But the thing is, the 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 whole the whole reason the show existed was because of this duo doing songs, and they had ten years to write those songs and. Yeah, and, songs together, and they made a show that reflected that based on those old songs. It's it was very, very good. Similar, yeah, it's very similar to um, S Club 7. Very similar. Who had a very TV similar. series. Yeah. And then when two of the members of S Club 7 left, um, they could no longer be S Club 7, so the show oh. was called S Club. Yeah, yeah, I do know that. I had an idea to watch that. And I think maybe I should actually now I'm like thinking about it, why am I not going to make a podcast about it? Like, I'm going to watch S Club 7, the show. <laughs> Again, as a 26-year-old. Like, I remember when I was, like, how old were we? 10? 9 or 10 or 11? Like, it was the coolest. It was really funny. I imagine it will be horrible. I'm going to illegally download it. Good idea. It's not something that should be ever paid for by no, anyone. No, Um, I, 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 we, we sort of got way off track. Way there. off track. And that, and that I kind of want to focus back on um, things that you've done in the last two years with comedy. 
So <laughs> I am here. <laughs> yeah. So two years of doing comedy, you got these two or three opening slots. That's you did cool. this raw, you know, open mic thing. Um, you sort of built towards doing your own shows, obviously. Yeah, I got in with Nick Bruce Smith. He was really cool. He, the Wellington Comedy Scene has a really cool thing where if you're strong, they're like, grab you and they're like, yeah. yep, 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 yep. You must do all the shows. And then they kind of loop you in and I'd be like emailing Nick, like, where do I apply and do I need to do raw queers? So like mm. freaking out. And they're just so encouraging and really, really helpful. Especially like Nick had already won it. Mm. I don't know, if you're going to enter a competition, you can trust someone who's already won it. Because like, yeah. eh, they just, you can pretty much. So well, I did that. I, I did a bunch of gigs in between then. Um, can't remember any of them. I had them, I used to have them up on YouTube. But then mm. all of a sudden, like, you just find way more of your voice and figure out how to do comedy, like, really quickly. Yeah. And you're just like, we well, have to delete everything. Because I was just there for my friends and I was just there to, like, watch myself back. I used to video everything I did and watch mm. it back every single time. And I could watch it back as soon as I got home. And I would have killed. And then I go back and watch the video. I'm like, Jesus, this is terrible. And then just, like, delete, 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 delete. And then I realized about 30 seconds of uh, Raw Quest. Were you, were you able to watch any of that stuff though and go, like, shit, that's good, that bit? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's and great. Not, that's very know, funny. That's, that's good, I'll do that again. If I do that again, I need to do it like that. I still yeah. do it now without an yeah. audience as well. Yeah. And that's one of my, like, I just will, Blue Tech. Um, I, I, someone had an iPad. I had an iPad in my, in my life for a period there. And I Blue Teched it to the mirror. Yeah. <laughs> Facing me on the front camera and would, like, record just talking in front of the mirror, like, wandering around with a hairbrush. And then I'd watch it back and be like, ugh. And then do it again and do it again and do it again and do it mm. again and do it again. And I think it's really, I'm, for some reason, lucky I can, I can do that. Mm. I don't get distracted. I can look at myself as a totally different person as long as it's on, a doc, like, a video. Mm-hmm. And just be really critical and just, you try so much back. And I need to do that. I need to do that again because I've been, like, I don't know, you get confident and you stop mm. doing it. Mm. It's, I need to be watching that exactly everything I'm doing because it's so much, you make, um, your material so much stronger, so much faster if you can just video yourself. Mm-mm. But it's hard because you're just body conscious. <laughs> I don't know. How important to you is the writing aspect of what you do? I'm just starting to write now. Right. So one of the things I've... Um, oh, you get caught up when you do that raw quest you get really caught up on jokey joke jokes because you need you got six mm, minutes and mm. you got to smash them out and the rules is yeah. really good it's really good for a lot of people mm. um makes you really good <laughs> like it, mm. it pushes you um and i got to auckland you've just so many different crowds and i had spent so much time just trying to figure out what my style is and it wasn't until just kind of right before the comedy festival and i did david kettner's shows um, that I realised, like, you know what, I think I can actually be way more conversational and just, like... What was he like? Brilliant. Yeah, but are you saying that as a... He's just comedy, brilliant. Comedy fangirl? No, he's or, really was funny. Was good? Yeah. And he talks really, really fast, and yeah. he's very different from what he's like on Anchorman. Man. Okay. He's like, um... Yeah, he's another one of those ones that doesn't so much... He doesn't have dad jokes, doesn't have punchlines, and he will... He doesn't give a shit if the microphone unplugs. Yeah, I really wanted to see him. I was really curious about... He is a storm in a, in a right. massive Interesting. jar of bourbon, knotted storm in a teacup. Mm-hmm. Like, he is just everywhere. Mm. Doesn't care if the microphone unplugs. Is 
does not look at anyone as being anyone like he you could he approaches life like everybody's neutral you can totally tell and that makes him a really interesting comedian mm. because he just talks to everyone in the crowd and tells you these really really funny stories and yeah he's great mm. I, I learned like a lot watching him but he was just so trusting in me to mm. just be like do all your set <laughs> like Vaughn's running the bar like just if you can maybe just do 10 minutes we're running a bit over time he's like mm. Don't even listen to that guy. Like, do all the material you have. Like, do your whole thing. And I'm like, oh, who's in the crowd? You know, like, is yeah. it? he's like, yeah, a couple guys from the crew. I was like, oh, yeah, cool. There'd be like a boom mic guy. Yeah. And I went out to do this set. And it was the second one. The first one was, I reckon, good. Yeah. Uh, everyone was like, oh, you're a brilliant blah, blah, blah. Mm, no. Good. Yeah. And I remember just being like, Rocky in the, in the green room. Uh, like, yes, I get the second chance of this. Yeah. When I did the 8 o'clock one, it was one of the my favourite gig I've ever done not because it was David's gig but just because it was like my favourite performance I've ever done yeah. and I do the thing where you like put a visor over your eyes and look at the crowd because of the lights and there's like Adam Scott Tony <laughs> Collette um what's her name from there's uh Alison Tomlinson from Fargo oh. and there is uh the she plays the housekeeper on um Two and a Half Men Oh, uh, yeah. I can't remember her name. Yeah. And then there was a couple of other... Uh, the director of the movie mm. that they were doing mm. um, at the time. And I was just like, cool. Just yeah. some of the crew. Just yeah, some yeah. of the crew. And it's like, how do I... What do you, the only thing you can do if you've got Adam Scott in the crowd looking at you is like, just ignore that. You don't have a choice. You're just like, mm. bugger off. Adam Scott is not here. Like, that... You are not catering to You didn't to that. think about doing some crowd work with him? No way. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was like, you, that, well, you made an error looking at the crowd. Yeah. And then I just did my set, and then he came up to me afterwards and was like, Alice. And I was like, oh, cool, then Scott's talking to me. And he was like, that was very funny. That was a great show. I was like, oh, thanks so much, man. He was like, yeah, it was really, really great work. And then, like, walked off. And then I looked around, and, like, everybody had gone silent and was, like, <laughs> watching that happen. Mm. I was like, ugh. You guys, I played it so cool. Why did you ruin it for me? <laughs> so this year's comedy festival was the first time I really time you did a big show. It was a half hour, yeah. It was yeah. the first time I was doing half hour, yeah. and I practiced it at David's show. Right. Yeah, I tested it. Out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See how the format goes. <sighs> um, yeah, and so that was when I really like how just this? found that loose voice. I Think we came to the first show. I think maybe. I think it was maybe it's the second. No, it was the was first it, show. I, the first. I I opened. I was the first act. You were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you guys flip it? Mhm. Yeah. And I said I'll go first for the right. first act. Yeah, yeah. Because. But did you flip it after that, like every night? Yeah. Did you? Yeah. Back and forth. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so how did it go the whole season? Oh, it was amazing. Yeah, yeah. There was a Saturday night where it was quieter, but yeah. um, Saturday nights are always quieter. Crowds are quieter. Yeah, it's funny then, eh? They make mm. less noise, but mm. you just make that visor and they're grinning like ear to yeah. ear and you're like, oh, yeah. they're enjoying this, this is fun. Yeah. But they just make a quieter sound. Yeah. Um, that was absolutely my favourite time. I was so busy. I thrashed the comedy festival. It was so awesome. Yeah, yeah. I did like three or four. I was doing all the possible shows you could possibly do. So going up to the late night things and stuff. All of them. Yeah, yeah. All of them. I got to do Best of the Fest. Yeah. I got to do Next Big Things. I got to do all this stuff. And it was kind of like... Who was good that you saw? Who was like... Oh my God, let me think. Internationally or from New Zealand? Were there nice surprises you know, from Des Bishop's insanely good. I saw him do the Late and Live show. Mm. And he's just like... 
amazing. It was Why? ridiculous. Um, he is 100% clean, so he doesn't drink. And so when you know someone's at like, it's Friday night on a comedy festival night at yeah. like, a, the late show had gone, you know everyone's been drinking because the late show went on till like one in the morning and he's closing mm. it. Mm. So he's had glasses of water all night at one in the morning mm. and comes out and he did this, like I think I'd seen him, I'd seen him on the gala and I'd seen him on uh, First Laughs. And he does really cool content about like living in China. It's really interesting. Mm. Just super interesting. Different different subject matter. Um, he was edited down a lot on the gala version. But if you saw him actually live, you were like, wow, I can't stop listening. Yeah. Um, but then he came out and just did, he did like some really smutty, smutty content. Mm. And I normally hate that. But it was so like extremely on point it was like oh my god i don't know anyone who's thought this in depth about this context before mm. like where how have you taken us to this point like it was so crazy and he was just had so much confidence and just such a stage presence i was like wow i it's kind of this intimidating like i can't be inspired by you i'm just in awe like i don't know how to even learn from you because mm. you're just too good <laughs> He was like, I think he just had a killer set that night. Um, so it was one of those really amazing internationals. Who did I ask? Did I go and see? I, did, I didn't even get a chance to see that many shows because I was what in, about locally? in them. Oh, I had to think so hard. It's so hard to think back. Mm. I went to everything. Mm. So it becomes a blur. It is such a blur. Jamie, oh my God, Jamie Bowen. Yeah, what's he about now? What's so he doing? cool. I didn't want to blink. So I have ADHD and I find it really hard, so take medication for it, but I find it really hard to concentrate on anything for a really long period of time, even with the medication. Mm. Like it's life changing and I wouldn't have done any, I wouldn't have got past age 15 without it. But um, Jamie, I didn't even move. Like you're just like, listening. And Mm. he starts the show, doesn't have an opening act, doesn't have um, a microphone coming and be like, ladies and gentlemen. Like all of a sudden he just walks on. Mm. like oh oh excuse me and then everyone just claps and he's like don't worry about it <laughs> like picking up a beer and just gets a microphone and has this incredible deep voice and this way of storytelling that you just can't tune out of and I've it's never, so I've never funny as well There's I've so never seen him I remember one year a friend of mine was working at Bats and she told me that um, he had come out and and sort of asked her to make sure that I wasn't allowed into a show and I thought that was odd because I didn't actually know who he was this is ages Oh, you ago. wouldn't let her review it? No, no, no. And I wasn't going to because I didn't know who he was. Mm. And so that's how I got to know who he was. I was like, well, who the fuck is this guy? Like, what's he about? That's mad that he's yeah, well, it's, it's funny, yeah. It's kind of funny. It's kind of legit, though. Like, yeah. If, yeah, you, if you're going to get a review and it could F up everything for you, you have a really bad experience with reviewers, or if you read reviews and they just throw you right off, like, yeah, you're fully, like, kick them out. My argument is, like, we're back onto this topic, but my <laughs> argument is... Like, don't you fucking deserve that if you're a performer? Like, yes, it might suck, but don't you deserve that? Yeah. And, and and so, okay. I guess you do, but we just but, didn't realise it. We yeah, started. yeah. But that's what you signed up for, whether you knew it or not. That's we didn't right. know. It was, in yeah. the, it was in the fine well, print. You know now. Like, <laughs> you know. But, like, do you want to be that fine print guy? Well, it doesn't really matter. Do you want I'm... that to be the reason that you justify, like, it? No, no, I don't. But I'm just saying, like, put put bluntly that's sort of what it's about is mm. that so that's why I kind of like with that Joe Mandy thing I kind of went now I don't know that I was necessarily there to review it yeah. and that's an interesting kind of grey area for me is that I go to so many shows and I have a blog 
in a website with my photo on it so people know who I am and so I can't actually just go to a show to enjoy myself people yeah 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 and I you know like so I you should get searched for pens when he made that comment about like not wanting anyone to review it I, I felt some sort of eyeballs on me which was fine because I was actually just there. Well, then I didn't the turn around. Eh? No, I was good. Yes. Because I remember thinking like, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. You knew where I was, but no, um, no, you didn't. You, your ADHD was in check. Yeah. You, your eyes I were on. I was You were on Joe. Um, so, you know, I felt some eyeballs on me, and that's fine. Like whatever. But um, I, part of me totally got what he was saying, like what we talked about, the whole spoiling jokes and that. But part of me thought, like, and I loved his show, but part of me thought, what a dick, why do you get to decide? Like, I know, you know, like, why do you get to decide you're doing something in public and why do you get to decide that people can't say something It's interesting it? because you, know, you, know you, could what I mean? it, you could call, you could say that you're almost, like, victim blaming. Well, that, yeah, that's, do you know what I mean? No, it, like, but it, I, I, get, I totally get where you're coming from, but you don't know when you're signing up for that you're going to get reviewed, and I don't, there's a massive personal impact that, something about reviewing stand-up comedy has on the performer themselves mm, mm. when it's negative. But the thing is, I think now, like... I mean, I don't read... This is the thing, I don't read reviews. Yeah, yeah. I, people, I read Most one, people who say that I don't believe. I yeah. I really don't believe. I read one from when I did Raw Quest, and they were horrible. They were, yeah. like, sexist as... So it comes out like, and this is my main reason I didn't want to read them, was because yeah. I was like, I can take you saying bullshit about me not being funny, because yeah. you're wrong. But, um you are so assumingly sexist it's painful and you don't even know so they're like Alice Bryan is always charming and sassy or something like that uh, you know like, like was it on theatre review delightful as always Alice's favourite comedy gal like Wellington's favourite comedy sister mm. comes out on stage and delights the crowd with her charming stage presence painful was it lovely, on lovely 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 her material was weak in some areas you're just like oh go away you just white and then all the guy ones it was awkward like there was me, was I was the only girl left in the competition by the semi-finals, and then they had, um, mine was like this big, so two sentences of just words like delightful, sassy, charming, mm. and then all the other guys got like these 12 paragraph long, huge things, and it was like, oh. Was God. this on Theatre Review? I don't know. No, what's like it called? Ruminator, I think. Oh, right. Well, um, yeah, because... So I, know, I literally just stopped reading them from there. There are some shitty... Like reviews out there and some shitty reviews. I don't want to read that shit. It's painful. Yeah. It's so backwards. It's so not progressive. Yeah. I don't care what you say about me, but like, please stop damaging society massively and mm. just like realize the impact that you're having by putting, just by being so um like under like underrepresenting someone so much. I don't know. It's it's tricky though because like, first of all, I, I don't agree with the idea that you know in this day and age particularly. I don't agree with the idea that you didn't sign up to have any comment made on you in any public forum. Yeah, because, no. because You're putting like, up a YouTube video like, you and know, a comment if, section. But the thing is, if people go out and have a shitty meal, they hardly ever tell the waiter. And when the waiter comes past and says, how is everything? You go, fine. Yeah, yeah, and then right. they go home and update their status and go, don't ever eat it such and such again. Yeah, it's you know, because all it's the powerful. Waiter. You don't and want to get into the waiter. It's not no, but, a problem. No, no, I know. But then those same people that would do that are on reviews going, fuck you, you keyboard warrior. And yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. well, you've, you've been a keyboard warrior yourself in your own fucking time, and, and you're also essentially doing it now. So I don't agree with that. And then also when people, you know, the hackneyed thing that always comes out about, um, 
our reviewers, you know, who reviews you? And it's like, well, I get fucking reviewed every day. Like, as soon as I post this review... There's a comment section. There's a comment section. So yeah, I but get it's like comment section. Like, have you seen this shit? Like, I had that Facebook... St- was I was so excited for the comments. I was mm. like, yes, show me the idiots. Mm. I had a... I put on a Facebook status and then um, the, the editor of the Herald contacted me about it was like, oh, can really? I use this in Sideswipe yeah. as an opinion piece? I was like, an opinion piece? <laughs> so it's kind of like, well, she's the editor of the Herald, like, or the editor of, of Sideswipe for the Herald, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Something decent as. And I um, replied like, yep, just one moment. I'm actually just going to contact my manager if that's cool. Mm-hmm. I don't have a manager. But I called up Lauren Whitney, who is the um, head of marketing and director of the comedy festival. Mm. And was like, hey, I've basically just without naming you. She, oh, she, she knew the status. She'd shared the status. It kind of yeah. went a little bit sort of viralish. Yeah. And she was just like, yes, 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 do it, do it, do it. And she was like, I, this person needs what they have coming, and you really need to smash them down, blah 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 blah. And then, um, I was like, all right, okay, cool. And then I was like, can I please edit it properly? I don't want you to edit it because you'll lose all the timing. It's really funny, and you're just gonna make it not funny if you edit it. Mm. So I edited it. Um. And then they put it up the next day, and I just was like at work getting distracted so bad. But like, t- just I think it's like twenty five comments rolled in from just like idiots mm. saying the coolest dumb stuff. Mm. Even people who were supporting it were just saying it, and it's just like what way? Like it was so weird. People are fucking morons. Like, it was so interesting. Comment sections prove that you know more and more as the as the days go on. It's just getting embarrassing. Yeah. It's awkward. And people, I have, I have stuff come up. Like, I guess I must post stuff on Facebook, like, a, in public forum. Uh-huh. And then I get people commenting on it. <laughs> I don't know who they are. And I just, like, didn't realize it was public when I posted it. And then everyone... I don't know if you've seen on Facebook, there's one right now at the moment about there's, like, a picture on the Toast Marlborough website. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I saw there's you. a guy, like, full on pulling in yeah, the yeah. daisies. <laughs> I'm like, do they know? Yeah. But all these people I don't know over the life of me have commented on it, like, fact correcting. Yeah, right. But, like, it actually appears that they're walking away from the bus. And you've said that it looks like they're walking towards the bus. Yeah. So I don't actually agree with it. I'm like, <laughs> Nice oh. save. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's really funny to say really dumb stuff back to mm. them. Like, who mm. are you? Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. So that was my, but that's my issue with the don't review us thing. Is like you don't actually, unfortunately, you don't get to decide. Like. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I've never said don't review me. I'm just like I'm not going to read review. I'm not yeah. going to read your shitty review. But do you really not read them? Or do you I just genuinely say not you read don't? them. People like I. People will. I bet you get people saying, "Oh, I bet you do." Yeah, yeah. No, I. I just don't because it's so damaging to me because I take. I. I struggle so with why feedback. Did you, so why did you read my review? Because this is the thing I was about to go. Someone told someone you. Someone told to. me like yeah. Alice, trust me, you're not gonna. I'm like, is there even one criticism? Yeah. And they're like, no, <laughs> that's my role. Like, if this, I know it's unhealthy. But there was, was like, I think. I think there was one, there was, like, oh, her, yeah. she, she, there was, there was nothing, but it wasn't yeah. a criticism. It well, was just it like was, a. It was, but it was. I guess that's what the word is. It wasn't yeah. anything personal or no, anything no, no, that no, I'd no, get, like, right. damaged by. Yeah, 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 and yeah. it sounds like, oh, you know, you don't want to be surrounded by yes men or you don't want to, like, mm-hmm. you know, you do need to listen to the bad stuff. It's like, trust me, plenty of bad stuff going on already. Mm-hmm. Like, I take, I listen to a lot of feedback from a lot of comics who know how to do comedy. And that's where I like to grow from. Like, so who have you learned from the most? You mentioned Steve Wrigley. Yeah, so Steve Wrigley I met at the Kooks and yeah. R and V. Yeah. Um. Yeah. In the in the mud. <laughs> yeah. It was real muddy, and I was like, oh, I'm a big fan of your comedy. Yeah. And then he, um, I just became friends with him from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and always was like, I really want to do comedy and blah 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 blah, and just kept sending him messages about how I was going to do comedy, and then like sending this crap like. 
oh, I have a really funny idea and he'd always be like that sounds great Alice get out there do it and I just look he's such a patient and like wonderful human being because I was a little mm. kid because mm. like 18 like never did anything it would have been so frustrating like constantly getting messages about all these ideas I had that I just never did mm. but he fully supported me and then I guess he maybe just knew like eventually she'll do it eventually she'll figure out what's going on she's just taking a lot of time mm. but mm. she'll figure it out um so he's really great I go to him all the time like in Mr. Miyagi just for things like if I'm telling a story at the moment I'm telling it, it's a true story and it's like <laughs> it's ridiculous um it's and the situation that happens is ridiculous uh and it's about a musician who you will know mm-hmm. definitely you'll know um and it, it's embarrassing it would be definitely embarrassing for him but um what's his name I'm not going to say it. I don't know if I should have said we have, okay we're going to have to cut off a musician that you know I actually just realised you've got to get rid of that really? yes should I keep it? should uh, I just tell you that I'm going to get rid of it? oh uh, no you need to get rid of that I can't even say musician because it's too close but yeah we did we'll carry on and we'll see if if I can work it out oh no you're never going to uh, no I was really young um yeah, when I was, I was like 19 but um mm. he, yeah so I, I was explaining the story to Steve and it would be embarrassing to pick up but the story's not about actually what happened it's about mm. um my 48 hour end up looking like I murdered someone it's really funny mm. uh, anyway sorry mm. he, yeah so I go to Stephen for things like do I need to ask that person for permission to tell that story if I'm ever going to mention his name mm. Steve's like no that's fine you're not mm. mentioning the name and you're not saying like any context around what relation they were really to you you just kind of touch on it very briefly it's like it's that could just be anyone mm. I'm like okay well that's fair enough so it's really cool I get go to him for technical things like that but um He's really, he's just really like, if I'm like, oh, what material do I do for this set? He's just so, I, I don't even know why I ask him anymore because it's always the same thing. It's always just like, do your favorite stuff. Yeah. Do what you love. Do what you're not sick of. Like, it's the same thing. So how do you work out what to keep in a set and what to chuck and You and just feel you... it so bad. Yeah. You just say the joke and you're like, oh, okay, they're humming a bit. So uh, you see, you, you've really just started getting into writing now. Mm. Because the stories I want to tell, um, I don't know if you realize I go off on really long tangents and then I just, I just have no, I have like a, just a brainstorm constantly going on in my head. Mm. Like it's just a bajillion ideas and I can catch all of them. I can take all of them and run with all of them mm. and I will do that on stage. So if I want to tell a story, I need to actually write it down and pretty much learn it to a certain extent so that I don't get too distracted or I'm allowed to get distracted three times and trust myself and go off on, mm. um, jokes and stuff I may have at the time but um yeah so I've written some stuff and then I go and I force David Ron Smith to sit with me and basically direct it and mm. he's like oh cut out that beginning sentence cut out this ending sentence just when he, I was 15 I'm I like, think oh, I, yeah. I said this in that review and I think I've said it to you but he strikes me as a guy who really right, is honed in on the writing side so of comedy which he's I'm so which I'm kind of possibly that's part of why I was so impressed by him. I just can't get I, he's because, just so scared of that. Because I don't I think that's a thing that um hasn't shown up well in New Zealand comedy. Yeah, there's a lot of Yeah, there's ad-libbish. a lot of a lot of ad libbing, a lot of like I think the thing that a lot of people end up saying is, you know, oh that person's probably quite funny if you sat and had a beer with them and that's how they sort of come across. Yeah. But then on stage trying to sell that as an act, there's no craft to it. And yeah. I haven't, I've actually never seen this guy I'm about to name do stand-up comedy in live, but that's how I feel about, say, Di Henwood. 
because I I can't. I, I've se- uh, no, I've you've seen him just do like TV. I've seen him do TV. Yeah, and I've no, I've, he has really good stories. Look, I've listened to his comedy album that came out a long time ago. He did a live album with a DVD, and I thought that was oh. fucking atrocious. But um, and, and, and I said so. Like, See, why can you say fucking atrocious? Well, it just was not. What do you mean? I can say. You, it. Like, isn't it? You're talking about a human being. Well, I didn't say. I thought he was fucking atrocious. I said yeah. I listened to. This is the distinction. I said I listened to his comedy. And I thought, but his, just saying that the work someone was, produces is fucking atrocious. People it? say it to me all the time, and I don't. And I'm, hang on, I shouldn't say that because. But just because someone says something to you all the time. No, no, no. I was going to say that's not that's not me going. So I need to get people back <laughs> at all. But I'm just saying, like people do say that about me and about loads of other people all the time. And in fact, I get loads of uh, you know where people don't even consider the work. They they proudly say that they don't read it. I mean, the number one thing that comes up with me is, oh, he's always negative, and it's like, that's fucking ridiculous. This like, one time he was really nice about comedians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but that's the thing. Like, I've I've written, you know, I, I write this stuff, so I kind of remember what I write, and I've written... I don't remember anything I write down. It's I've written worst. thousands of reviews and blogs, and most of them, or over half of them anyway, are, are positive. So it's absurd to go, oh, you're always negative. Well, everything's always negative if you've been negative once. That's right. I understand that. I mean, I understand that. But I'm just saying, how can the person hold their head high when they proudly go, oh, I don't read anything, he says, because I read one thing and decided decided he was always negative. That's just someone who thought... That's half the fucking... But people do that that to comedians. Yeah, 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 true. They're atrocious. I don't ever trust me. But I I don't know Di Henwood, and I I have nothing against him as a person because I don't know him. But I do know that several people have told me um, a, his comedy is really funny it's now, now because like obviously I'm talking about an album that came out a long time ago. Was that when, yeah, I don't remember that album. Oh, it, it must have been at least six or seven years ago. Oh, okay, so it was like 20. Yeah, it, was, um, it must have been at least. Yeah, yeah. I remember, I, I like to, I've watched him grow so much. No, not that <laughs> that sounds crazy, delete that bit out. <laughs> but like he's, he's, um, changed over the years so much mm. is what he is like he um, yeah well I've not I've not I remember when I that. first the first day in what I ever saw was when he did um P-Funk Chainsaw yeah 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 and I remember thinking like so that's seen pretty kooky the TV clips that's kind of funny and then I don't know what happened but all of a sudden I went to a show and he was there and I was like oh that's P-Funk Chainsaw guy mm-hmm. and then it's the same with the rest of it I'm like oh wait he's actually like really cool and really good and really good at storytelling but I I um Oh, what I was going to say was that I've had lots of people tell me, A, that the comedy that he does is good, and or that it's improved. We're going to have to pretty much delete but, all this Diane Wood stuff. I can't say anything about Diane Wood. Well, you don't have to. Okay, like, you've got to delete everything I've said about Diane Wood off the... You haven't really said anything about him. You've just said um, that you like him. Yeah, I know, but I just don't even want to talk about like any of his work critically, because it's like... You don't have to. You're not really. You're, 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 you're enthusiastically saying that you're a fan... Yeah. And I and I'm and you told me off for saying I think his work's fucking atrocious. Yeah, you can't say anyone's. You can't, can't say. Of course I can. You can't say fucking atrocious about anything. Of course anything. I can. Of course I can. Can't. It's too hurtful. Okay. What about the Holocaust? I thought that was fucking that's atrocious. That's fucking. That's really appalling. Yeah. What did I say that? No, that? just the Holocaust. Yeah. That was an absolute shambles. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> so you know. That really. was a that was a mess. <laughs> they really fed up. It was a PR disaster. <laughs> um... Look, I think that, um, but people have, heaps of people have said to me, really great guy, really funny, rah, 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 you know, as well. 
I'm sure he is, but like that's not my concern as a reviewer. Like you talk about the show that you went to. My concern is not whether he's a funny person to hang out with or whether he's a good person. Do you know when you hang out with him after backstage, he talks about um, non. He's my favourite in that way that he doesn't talk about any comedy really. Cool. So he talks about bees and stuff. He's it's pers- great. He's a, he's a person and he wants to get to know people. He doesn't. That's wanna, just yeah. really refreshing because a lot of the time backstage is just like oh comedy, 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 comedy. I imagine that's a very intense world to live in because I. I I, I sort too of, much makes you feel sick. Yeah, I sort of know that about comedians. I sort of assume it, but I've been around it a little bit too to to see it. That and you, you know, people always have this uh, criticism of comedians: the idea that they're always on, and there are plenty of comedians like that. They're never on. No, but I, I don't so much mean in the New Zealand scene. I'm just talking like, say, you watch a comedian. Actually, yeah, that was kind of one of the things that me, like me and David, hung out a lot. Because mm. we're both always on. And it was mm. like, great to have a friend who was just actually on the same level as me. Mm-hmm. Didn't matter that he was like a 50-something-year-old man. It was that, like, <laughs> always on, and it was just great. It was like, yeah. people hang out just constantly. He was, like, bored constantly. Why? See, this is what I think I was... See, now you're tapping into exactly what I was trying to articulate a while back and was struggling with. You're actually doing it now, this thing where you... You don't want to be perceived to be even slightly critical oh, about yeah. New Zealand comics. And that's what I was saying, was that there's a, a pack it's, mentality it's, of survival. It's funny that you say pack mentality because it's almost the, it's not so much the opposite of that, but it's like, I need to get a, I want to do jobs. I want to yeah. get paid work and yeah. everybody is involved in everything. Mm-hmm. So if you've kind of accidentally stepped out of line, accidentally on some word that you said, in a way, I have like a paranoia, like, oh my god, if I just do my entire career. What you've just done is you've solved why I find it so hard to get paid work. Because I, <laughs> that's why, <laughs> that's what you've actually you've solved. You've burned a lot you, of bridges. Yeah, I have. And I, and, and I haven't... Um, yeah, so it comes across like a pack mentality, but really, like, you work for Comedy New Zealand and yeah, you don't right. want to get fired. Yeah. And so once you've accidentally trashed or accidentally agreed, just simply agreed to someone's negative mm. response to something, mm. but you've you, like, but your you CV's got a bit of a stamp on it. But you haven't agreed to it. You've actually kind of... I know, but even just talking about it when it's being recorded, this you're is your, accountable for this like is everything your, that you say. This is your paranoia. This is not something... I might be more paranoid. I probably am more paranoid than a lot of people just because I like can't help but think of a really, really, really big picture. Right. Um... And so in that sense. But then it doesn't mean that I talk... I don't like bullshit. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to sit and say, like, I think someone is fantastic. But if someone... It's really easy to just distract someone. If someone's saying things that are negative or have negative feedback about someone, instead of having to agree with them, you can just ask them more questions about why. Mm-hmm. And then they will um, mm-hmm. eventually, like, answer it themselves and you can just be like, I see where you're coming from. But, um... Yeah, so it's kind of, I just feel like I'm taking too many risks talking about a lot of comedians that I don't really work with that often. Like, so talk about Dave Hemwood. Um, like, I've worked with him in a couple of gigs, and he's a really great guy every time I've, like, met him. Mm, you've but, talked about bees and afterwards, and you think he's pretty funny as well. Yeah, but it's like... Yeah, that's fine stuff to say. Like, I know, but even then, it's be, kind of, I'm like, what if Dave Hemwood listens to this? And there was listen, a nuance in there. He won't and listen it to it. Crap. He won't listen to it. It's got my name on it. Oh, yeah, that's true. You're safe. But it's got my name on it. 
been, so we're also sad. I've but been I'm, banned, I'm, I'm, I'm all over the internet. People are sick of my shit. Like people. Are I've like, been banned from reviewing. No Chris one's Gibbs. listening this. No, exactly. It's like is that Chris too? Armour is gonna listen to this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you're. I've been banned from re- reviewing his gigs for years. I've never. Well, because you called him fucking atrocious. No, I didn't. You're making that mistake. Well, now he's banned. Now you're definitely banned. I, you've burnt that bridge. I did not call him fucking atrocious. I called his work. I referred to his CD. Yeah, but we are our work. Yes, you are, but not when it comes to like, you You know, yes, you can take that criticism personally, but you have to make that distinction that I did not say, you are fucking atrocious. I know, but the thing is, you have, so you put and on a persona. And that's your weakness you, that you can't. You put on a persona when you're performing. Do that. So, no, you put on a persona when you're performing, sure. right? And it's, a lot of the time people will think you're putting on a persona when you're performing, mm. but you've already done that, a, like a bit of it. A lot of it is just you. You. Yeah, you know, no, I know. And so that. when someone's like, fuck your choices, it's like, you've just straight up said, is fucking your choices. Because he was like, bits in there were just him. There was a bit about um, ordering a hot apple pie from McDonald's. Yeah. And he, bit, he, bit in, he, bit, he bit into it and it was hot and yelled, were you microwaving that since I was born? And the audience, this is on the Die Henwood live CD, and I know it's cruel to pick out one bit, but I just remember this. And the audience, whether someone was holding up signs saying, please applaud this but lame joke. But this is because it's comedy. Please applaud this lame joke or whatever. Pissed themselves. And that was like one of the highlights. Of yeah. It. and it's so, Because of psychology and being and, in the audience. And at the time, and there's just so look, much look, atmosphere. And I had a joke on Saturday where I said, I bet you can't draw a rotary engine. Yeah, yeah, Said yeah. that to Hadley and it like brought the house down. It is not funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in no context. But in that moment. In that moment, everyone was just like really into the rhythm of the way I was delivering my mm-hmm. stories and really into the character that I was doing or just really into me or whatever. Mm. And just the mention of a, of a slight piece of pop culture, like mm-hmm. a rotary engine or a McDonald's apple pie mm-hmm. or a microwave... Just because everyone's, you've tricked them, you've got them in the rhythm, they're in the wave pool, mm-hmm. they're just going to land on it and they'll just crack up. And they did, and that's fine, but I did not find that funny, and that's an example of, that was one example it's I It's not fucking draw. atrocious, it's like brilliant, like he doesn't even have to say anything that funny and the crowd's dying. It's great. Mm. That, that sort of just reiterates how sad the culture around comedy in New Zealand is, is that mm. people enjoy something that's like half formed at best. That is awkward though. And so the other thing is you do see sometimes like all these people really, really cracking up at stuff mm. that's like almost Googleable now. So not mm. not like mm. a it's not a joke um that I'm not saying that the comedian telling it has Googled it and yeah, stolen it. Like stolen I'm just it, saying like it's, it's the monkeys have typed out Shakespeare a million times yeah, yeah, by now. Yeah. And yeah, it's rolled out again. I'm really just trying to get you to talk as much about Diane as you can because you said you didn't want to. Like. Yeah, well, because I'm, I, it's not anything to do with him. I just no, of course it's. I don't even. I don't want to be on the record talking about. Um, yeah, and I find another that, comedian that I'm not really close with. I find that really interesting. Like that's that's what I find interesting. That because I could get hit up at any moment and then I'm, I'm done. I'm using you as an example for it. I find that interesting that you kind of shut down around it and go, I don't want to discuss that but mm. you but your instinct is to leap in and discuss it oh that's because i'm <laughs> terrible okay so let's well let's i'm like trying to i'm at work but i love a i love a good yarn yeah god you've got an extrovert 
Mm. You know, what do you expect? Mm. Yeah. Um, I have ADHD, yep. When did you know that? So it's, okay, I have to be really careful telling this because I'm doing yep. some material around it. Okay. Moment, so <laughs> I don't give away my good All right. stories. Alright. Um, no, but you can answer that. When did you... Yeah, so I was 15. Yeah. So I was 15 and I don't remember why I decided I had ADHD. I had a really... So you decided. Mm. I was 15 and I was just, it was, everything used to frustrate me just so much. I would mm -hmm. be in English and I would be able to concentrate and I was really interested and I was so passionate and when we were having the conversations in the class I was really engaged and answering all the questions and just like the extrovert that I am I can't help but fulfill all of the silences mm -hmm. just answering a million questions and just so engaged and then come to run the essays it was just like ugh and I I genuinely was at that point I had it back I had it I have it now and I mm -hmm. had it at the time but for a big period of my life I didn't where I was a really passionate person about not saying can't, you know, never be like, oh, I can't do this. Um, I was like, why can't you do this? What are you doing wrong? And I, it was so frustrating. I thought I was stupid. I was like, maybe you're just dumb. Like, yeah. maybe you're just not that smart. And I kind of started to accept that. And just crazy, I just always find myself in these horribly crazy situations. And I was like, does this happen to everyone? Like, why am I so in this situation? Like, how has this gotten so out of hand? Like, I, you, I was trying to make muffins and it was just a nightmare like it was just awkward the disaster it would turn into and why what do you mean it was a nightmare like, just what? like I could like you read the instructions and then you'd knock everything over and then you'd go and try and run the phone and you know bring the phone and bag of flour and wow. you end up like you just all of a sudden you need to go to the dairy to get milk and then you put the keys in the fridge. ADHD is really immobile. It's kind of like having Alzheimer's. Yeah, yeah. It's just totally the opposite, but exactly the same thing. Same symptoms, okay. different disease. So the couple of things I want to ask is: so you decided yeah. that you had it. I threw a. Uh, I tell a story. I'll tell anyway. Yeah. So I threw a thing of I was trying to get nail polish off the uh, lid off a nail polish, and so I was like and threw it at a window. To smash to the, lid the lid off. Not yeah, in yeah. rage, because the, the rage thing is like right. part of it, but not really. Like you see that, but it's not actually what it is. It's broken but that's, that's born of frustration, that, you know, the rage. No, nah, there was no frustration there. I no, was just I mean, like, how do I get this off? I need to hit it off. Oh, right, the okay, so you just go, this is a realistic. And that's a hard surface, chuck it. This is a realistic. You just option. don't, you don't get that other bit. It uh -huh. was really horrible. And so it smashed the, and then as soon as you see it happen, you're like, oh. Mm -hmm. But you just, do everything too quickly and so mm. I just smashed around the window and I was like oh my god oh mm. no classic Alice you know what do you do <laughs> so I went and got the nail polish remover mm. and tried to scrub it off the wallpaper and it just <laughs> stripped all the colour out of the wallpaper mm. so we had like grey where there was blue and bits of purple nail polish chunks stuck mm. and I was like oh, oh my god what's going on and then I remembered that there was wallpaper scraps in the shed so I went to the shed and got a whole roll of wallpaper <laughs> And just free cut it, like free cutting. Mm. So it's a word that we in the ADHD community use, and no mm. one else would ever free cut anything. <laughs> but I just get the scissors out, like no ruler, just yeah, that'll be pretty good. Don't know how. Don't I'm know just going to apply a patch. I'm yeah, just I don't know how wallpaper works. So I've got this yeah. like, squiggly sponge-looking double-sided tape or something. Well, I was like, isn't it self-adhesive? <laughs> So I'm like, so you were trying to peel it. Standing to begin there with. in the upstairs bathroom, just drenching in water like it's paper mache or something, <laughs> and then I stick it on the wall, mm. and it just slides off. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like looking at this grey mess and there's purple chunks of nail polish and there's a broken window, and I've tried to. And this is sloppy, and I was like, <laughs> like 
something is not right. So this is funny, like you telling me this, and you've got your yeah, right, nice. your routine about it's it. It's a little stuff. bit of a routine, isn't but it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. That, but like, um, when that's actually happening, is that kind of heartbreaking to you as At well, time, or is it just it is it just madness, just At chaos, time, it's just, just deal with it? It is just normal. Yeah. And I have so much. Oh, like, so you're actually rational about it. Like, this at is the time, work. I was like, oh, yeah, here we go. I need to make this Yeah, work. everything's rational. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just so, go into that place in your brain and you just let it take you. And so you're going, okay, why isn't this working? I'll work out another way to make this free, yeah, cut, well, wait, free cut patch of wallpaper Everything's work. just fucked and you're always yeah. just at the bottom and nothing could possibly be worse. So every idea you have is better than anything. Than like, no idea. Better than yeah. nothing. Yeah. So you just kind of just go with it and you just do the dumbest stuff. Okay. Um, and so that was one of the points where I just kind of went, and I don't know what it was. I just remember thinking like... I don't know, I, I didn't watch a documentary or anything, and my, my understanding of what ADHD was, was like, the naughty kid at school who was always getting, like, detentions, was always throwing chairs, and, mm. like, the, the crazy kid, and, um, that, like, actually isn't it at all, and it's really misdiagnosed in women, mm. um, because it's, the symptoms in everyone is very, very different, but they pick it up in boys a lot more, because I think it, Something about how hormones work when you're going through puberty. It just you it will come surges, out of rage. Yeah. Surges of rage and But with girls yeah. you just you just sit in the class and you just look at the one the whole time. So the whole time. So you take nothing in. You self diagnosed Oh uh, yeah. You, I went to the school counselor and he was like very good. Good, 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 good. Yes, 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 yes. I have been wondering that I am a counsellor, so I'm not in a medical position to even advise you of this. I'd have to contact this he'd have to have if he had an idea of it, he'd have to go to like my form teacher who go to the principal who go to the nurse who would contact the like resident school psychiatrist who mm. would contact my parents who would ask them to come into an interview without me like it was mm. a it's a mission for them to do that kind of mm-hmm. thing so um he was like yes it's really good that you've suggested it like it cuts out like a lot of work a lot of paperwork yeah <laughs> yeah um and so then it went from there and i remember i had this like interview with someone she came into the school i think she was a psychologist Mm. Um, and the, we filled out this form and it was like a joke, like, do you often turn up unprepared to class? And I had a backpack that had nothing in it but an oven <laughs> And I don't know why in a 15-year-old co-ed school, like, why I had an oven mitt in my bag, but I did. And then I had no pen. I was like, can I borrow one of your pens? And she was like, I assumed so, so I bought a few and like... <laughs> It was just a mess. It was just kind of like a really quick five-minute pop quiz. Like, yep, 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 And it's a really bad um, example because there's a lot of haters and non-believers out there. And they're mm. like, yeah, it's so easy to get diagnosed with ADHD. And it's like, yeah, because if you have it, it's really obvious. Well, this is what I want to get towards is, is um, ADHD has become a, a shorthand for people to use to apply it's to like anyone. OCD. To, yeah, yeah, exactly. Or like bipolar. Yeah, bipolar. Is the worst. Yeah. I can't believe people are throwing that I know, around. I know, and Mood I think, swings is not mania. Well, I like, think I think people. Well, <laughs> a lot of people I know are probably and and you might be the same are, are starting to hold back on using that yeah. as a generic term. <laughs> That's so bad. OCD is a funny one. How people will go. Oh, I'm a, you might be OCD. You're people, not. Or no. people will go. I'm a little bit OCD about that, which is like you know the ultimate <laughs> the contradiction. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm a little bit OCD on oh. that. On on just that one thing, and just a little bit. I'm just a little bit and obsessive. Yeah. Um, yeah, and when I choose to occasionally indulge in something I've decided it's compulsive you yeah know, you know um so but you have a habit so <laughs> that's what you're saying how um when did you recognize that 
people were using this term wrongly and how frustrating has that been and how have you kind of coped oh, with you that? Just, to be honest, it's like I have a lot of other shit that I have to deal with in terms of misrepresentation. So ADHD is at the bottom of my list. Okay. Like, um... What's at the top? Oh, just people gendering the fuck out of everything. Uh-huh. That is killing me. Why do we have to bring it up? Why do we have to mention gender unless it's medical? Mm-hmm. Unless we're at the Olympics and like you have to divide up the teams because physically Usain Bolt is gonna be faster than Kathy Freeman. Like, why else do we need to friggin' gender mm-hmm. anything? Mm-hmm. But so many areas of my life get gendered or gender gets brought up. Female comedian. Female comedian. I work in IT. Hmm. Um, I also have ADHD, which is like not even a thing now. I just, uh, yeah, it's, I was, I'm I, a woman when, all day and it was my choice, when apparently. I, when I put on um, Facebook and Twitter that I was talking to you, I used the term comedian, not comedian. Thank you, I really appreciate that. Did you? Did you? Um, did because you, it did makes you, me feel myself good? every time they're like, any. Yeah, Why yeah, do yeah. You, do you do? I, was, I don't like the word actor and actress. It's just got actor, actor. It's yeah, just yeah. that. I'm um, it's not like you have a fireman and a fireman. <laughs> like, it's just piss off. Yeah, yeah. Like, and uh, I, hey, look, I come from a sort of, I guess, a, a half generation or generation above you where I, I'm kind of, in a way, still feeling my way through some of the shit because it was ingrained in us pretty heavy. It gets heavy. super ingrained. And, um, and so I'm kind of, you know, uh, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back with that. You've done it, well. But in a way, I sort of am because... Because I, ha- I didn't even know it was a word. That has had to be something that I've had to learn, though, because we were taught at That's school, great. comedian, comedian. Oh, is, it, is that what it is? Yeah. I thought people were just doing it to be assholes. Well, no, yeah. The teacher, it's actually a word? The teachers were. Oh, my God. I thought it was, um, oh, wow. Okay, I thought it was like something that was kind of culturally invented recently. You know, in the 80s or something like that. I think perhaps it actually was. Oh, but really? But still, it's been... You know, to us, like to, I'm saying, me, my age, um, it, it's just something you learned and went like, okay, this is the term that we apply. Mm. It's just can't. It pisses me off so your much. Your parents say it. Your teachers tell you to say it. Your older brother or sister says it. You just move through that. It's like um, there's so many ways where people do things, and it's super mm-hmm. unnecessary. Um, I agree. Um, but but it's, it isn't great. I wasn't listening that day at school. Because there's a lot of my mm. friends who do things like, and they don't say women specifically, they don't actually say the gender, but they, they are living in the um, assumption or living in the behaviour of a particular sort of way of acting mm. that is like gender divided. So like women are supposed to be nice, something like that. Right. You know, like you don't want to be mean. Right. Like I, I meet a lot of guys now and it's really feminist of them, they have no idea. But they're like, I really don't want to be mean. And you're like, this is great. <laughs> there are men and there are women who mm. both don't want to be mean. Like, this mm. is very, 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 very good. I've, I've but I see, I know a lot of women who, well, got, no, I don't know, you see it sometimes. I got quite interested in this sort of, around this topic you're talking recently with um, reading this stuff about um, Ronda Rousey. The, do you know about her? She's oh, she's the cage fighter. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I totally don't agree with cage fighting. I no, think that's effed up. But you think she's I think awesome. it's like backward, like boxing's <laughs> bad. Yeah. But, um... Then you're going to make it cage. Like, it's yeah. just like the opposite of like taking Formula One mm. and then be like, you know what we're going to also do? We're going to do one where it's actual spaceships mm. going around the court and everything is like full of the most flammable gas you can ever imagine. I find that um, 
MMA, ultimate fighting, cage fighting, whatever you can call it. I just find it terrifying. I find it kind of, like, I'm, I, I, it's pretty cool. I like it. But, um... I totally I, understand why it's like a massive it. appeal. I like it, and, and, and I like boxing a bit, and, and I used to love pro wrestling, and which is obviously pantomime and, and silly and stuff, but still as a kid. Burlesque. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But as a kid, and <laughs> well, I funny. look at it. I look Sorry, at it. I'm gonna, is that, is that, is that going to be funny one day? Yeah. To compare wrestling and burlesque? Because well, it is just like dudes and G-strings. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but the thing is, it's also like, I, I've been thinking about this now, like how it's like kind of the first ever, like, reality TV, like kind of piss take of reality TV stuff yeah, was going yeah, on yeah. there and that like it's quite ahead of its time in a way with these it's the a top. clever idea yeah 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 this, like this, it was really out the of thing, the world the thing I always time. loved about it even when I was a kid and took it seriously for a little bit was I loved <laughs> a, little a little bit a couple of years a year 25 no 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 and then I gave up on it and then I came back to it as an adult that should have known better but with a nostalgic kind of bent yeah and got really into it and but even as a kid i loved the manipulation of the audience oh, which cool. i think you know like stand-up comedians exactly. can learn a lot exactly. from pro wrestling yeah i think and so and you should talk to steve about that well yeah we, we 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 will and we have done and informally before like we have um bonded if you like he's into the wrestling i don't know what, he's I don't still know what really it is into it. anyway what i was gonna say about ronda rousey was that there's an interesting, there's some articles about how um, she is, without a doubt, the greatest fighter on the planet at the moment. Like cool. The, the best record. I mean, if you're into fighting, that's yeah, yeah. a great yeah, yeah. thing. Okay, I so, mean, I hate any kind of physical sure. violence, well, but so, that is great. So do I. Like, that's the, that's it's the sort of... Ju- I can't watch it. It just makes me go crazy. I can watch it, but I, I don't have a violent oh. sort of bone in my body. No, I just, every time it's just like PTSD. Every, I don't know. I just can't stand... Anyway, okay. Anyway. Well, okay. So maybe the point I'm going to make is going to be completely lost on you because you're choosing to ignore it. But and I and I I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand why. No. So and she's the best fighter in the world. She's the best fighter in the world. And they're calling her the best female. Absolutely. Fighter. So yeah. that sort of thing Welcome would bug you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because you and you're used and to she it. And she was the best female comedian in the world. Yeah, right yeah, yeah, Just yeah, did yeah. Madison Square Garden. I don't yeah. know anybody else doing Madison Square Garden. Louis C.K. Did he just do it? He did like four or five nights, yeah. Okay, well that's cool then, that's sweet. Cut that out, that bit out. Delete that bit out. Delete that bit out. Um, but you're, you, yeah, so you're if, right, if right. I was aware of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, this is what they do. You're the yeah, best female yeah, yeah. comedian. Best male comedian. But her record in fighting won't be, won't be beaten by anyone and the argument is all, you know, okay, but... You know the division's not. It as, should go like the this. The division's not as strong as men. It should go like this: best fighter in the world, underneath that, best female fighter, best male fighter in the world. Mm, so it's just like, yeah, you have the best comedian yeah. in the world. Underneath that, you have the best female comedian in the world, the best male <laughs> comedian in the world. But at the top of it, you have the best comedian in the world. So who's the best comedian in the world for you? Daniel Johnson. Right now. <laughs> Really? <laughs> Genuinely, he just is. And I'm not saying I, that like I disagree. Well, I, I do disagree with you because I don't think he's the best. I in the just world. in in my world. Right. I just watch him and I'm like, Fair enough. far out. I think How he's, do I I think he's really impressive. Do that, like it's. Mm. I don't know. I I don't think I'll ever be able to find anyone who has a similar approach to comedy as me as being the best comedian. Who's the, the worst comedian in New Zealand? The worst comedian <laughs> yeah. in New Zealand? Yeah, that you know. There's this guy at BP. <laughs> and so I go and I get these things and they're really addictive and they're called like chicken bite or like country style chicken bites. Yeah. They're amazing. 
do not try them. Yeah. They will ruin your life. Yeah. Like you start off and you're like, I'm just going to get two of those. Mm. I'm, I was at a point once where I was getting six at a go. These chicken nuggets, mm. like they're just insanely good. Mm. And even my BP knows that they're insanely good. And everyone's got the same addiction to these freaking chicken nuggets. And they know me now because it's like there's old chicken nugget girl coming on in again. And I go and I get a sugar-free V because I don't sleep. Hey, ear quotes don't work on a podcast, oh, yeah. by the way. But my tone, I reckon it would have come across. Maybe. So yeah. why did you have to do the supporting? Because I, you, you need it um, to get it out at the right time. For you to live in the moment and the I character. Need it. Yeah. Yeah. Being okay. the space, I need to ride right. the wave. Yeah. Um, but yeah, get a sugar-free V and. <laughs> These chicken nuggets, and the guy just makes like a thousand jokes every time they're made. He's super insecure about what I'm eating. <laughs> the guy that works there. Yeah, this guy at PP is the worst comedian in the world. Right, but he's not trying to be. He's a, in the world. You think he is trying to be a comedian? Yeah. <laughs> and failing. He's terrible. Okay. None of the jokes are ever funny. Who's the worst professional comedian in New Zealand? He gets paid at BP. Yeah, but not <laughs> to be. He doesn't get paid by comedy in New worst Zealand. Worst professional comedian in New Zealand. I don't know. Okay. I'm just trying to, you know, you know what I'm trying to You're do. You're trying to get your name dropped. I'm trying to get you to name drop something you don't like. Yeah. But I, I generally, it's not actually about me saying their name. I just, um, <laughs> it's like, it's about 10 equal. Um, and I saw them once each time. Uh, they weren't getting paid. I just seen a lot of shitty raw comics. And they're my favourite part. They're my, oh, I love crap comics. Have you had, um. I love a good once and once only, like, he's got up, he's just horrendous yeah. and then he's never coming back ever yeah. I love those ones I live for that why you like the awkwardness you like the you it like, makes you feel you like, like you know what it's your ego it makes yeah. you feel a little bit I'm better I'm you're good. like I'm, I'm good. better than someone okay. but, do you <laughs> but all, I can't watch anyone professional and even think I'm better than them but do, you, but do you also like the honest attempt that's perhaps being made by someone really shit no nah, something about stand up comedy um, I took so long to do it because mm-hmm. I really thought about it mm-hmm and you you do the same, like, oh, I wouldn't do it. It's just not... It's not... So, I don't want well, I you to have... Think, a, I didn't think about that at all. It's never been something... Well, that, yeah, you got asked to do it and you're like, that's not something yeah, I'm yeah. going to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's because you're like, I don't want to be any good, probably. Or um, you just... It's not what I want to do. probably be pretty good, I think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I no, I, I don't want people to have a crack at stand-up comedy. Yeah. It's not... No, exactly. Off, don't I, crack. Are you going to passionately put everything you have mm. into trying to make this the... Like, your first step is the... I worked on it, man. I had a crime wall. I just had, like, butcher paper. I went and got it, like, from the number one warehouse, whatever it's called. And yeah, I had did you free cut it? I free cut the shit out of it. Genuinely <laughs> did. And I... Soaked it in water. So many felt pens of yeah. different colours. And I yeah. got so much felt pen on the wallpaper. I'm not kidding. Yeah. Um, and I just wrote so much shit. And I have still got all that all that paper I kept it and I was Stapled like this is gonna be very disgusting yeah. it's in a rubber band and I can't <laughs> throw it away like I, I just think it'd be awesome one day to like look oh, back at it and be like what even it'll, is this it'll, it'll probably be worth the paper it's written on oh I hope so that would be lucky. neat that'd be great <laughs> put it in the memoir um I I um I, I'm interested in like I, I would I've never wanted to do comedy it's not something I'm trying to do uh, and, but I am interested in comedy writing and that is something that I'm not saying I think I could do it but it's something I'd love to have a go at and and I guess I've written you know for myself I've, I've not written jokes or things that I want to send somewhere but I've written some satirical pieces or whatever or some short stories that I think are kind of amusing 
Um, but I'd love to have a go at comedy writing. Like, Do you know what I think is really funny every time? The um, byline is a byline mm. for the Onion. So that I just think I never read the article, mm. but it's always such a good joke. Have you seen The Onion? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I just love it every time. It's do like, you mean the headline? Headline, and yeah. then underneath it, there's a little yeah, yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, just that. Example. I think that is when you said statistical writing. I was like, well, that's such a no, good example of uh, something that cracks you up about The Onion that you read. I can't remember it. Okay. But it's like um. It's always just something like the opposite of the most blatantly obvious. Yeah, yeah. And it's so funny. Mm. Every time I read one, I can't remember it. It's like, at the moment, it was like teenage girl. Oh, that's an old one that's floating around. Yeah, again, it's come yeah, back. Which is really good. Yeah, teenage yeah. girl unable to move anything other than eyeballs rolling mm, mm. and the occasional shrug sound. Mm. And it's like, there's going to be a serious article on this. Someone's yeah, yeah. done that. Mm. That's so cool. You should do that. It'd be fun. I'd like to do, I mean, I'd like to um, have a go at that sort of stuff, but I kind of feel like um, sometimes I think um, the, the stuff that I've done that I've become known for will be not used against me, but will hold me back from doing that. Burn some bridges. Burn some bridges, probably. So? Yeah, that's true. Just get burned, just die. I, I don't just really... Get, well, all the people yelling at you. Yeah, well, I'm used to that, so that doesn't bother me. And, uh, you know, I've never I've never tried to burn bridges. I've just never been too bothered that it's happened. Yeah, yeah, if yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it's not it's some, like you, you, like you don't idea. have ADHD. You just consciously do not care. <laughs> like, no, it's not caring. No, that's word. wrong. You see, the thing is, I think probably my problem is I care too much. Like, I'm... I'm very passionate about the things that I do not like. It's not... I, I totally get how it can be perceived as, oh, that guy just didn't give a fuck. You're so very he, passionate about things that you do not like. Yeah. It's a very bold territory to live in. It's a very terrifying place. Like a I'm, lot of people just like don't bother putting that you know. I'm really in. passionate about the things I, I like and love as well. And, you know, I think like... But you know the, what's scary about that though? It's like you grow out of what you don't like a lot. Yeah, like totally. I, you were watching, and vice versa. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like I, you were watching, and I did a lot of stuff about rice milk. Um, it's not my favorite gear, mm. but it's like it's kind of it works really well if I have to do rural gigs. Taranaki <laughs> <laughs> is just like picket signs, like yeah. you're the rice milk girl, like <laughs> nobody should drink that shit. Um, yeah, it's just kind of like whatever. I mean, it's fun to talk about, but at the time, I was actually genuinely really, I just fucking pissed me off. It's so pretentious and it's so full of mm. sugar and it's mm. so full of sugar. It makes you have really high cholesterol and it makes you really, like, overweight. Yeah. Like, I know people who are putting it in their smoothies and their smoothie, you're looking at it and you're like, that is just... You're going to get <laughs> in some serious trouble from your healthy smoothie, bro. Like, mm. you're going to be so confused why pants don't <laughs> fit and it's like, because your terribly healthy shit isn't so bad for you. Mm. Um, and that's not even, like, that only after trying and trying and trying putting in these jokes and explaining it that I now am able to say that line and that is actually what's funny about it mm, mm. but I was still only just managed to communicate that now mm. um but I was so angry about it and people I used to watch people eat this well, crap milk but now I actually don't even like telling because I like ah, look everyone's different look, you, let them drink what they want you're right. business. but let's see what there's, there's a couple of things to talk about there I that's what I was referring to before when I say I love anger and comedy. Like, and you can spot it in, li- in lines like in routines like that, where you can yeah. go, "This person, that person was genuinely fucked off about that." <laughs> Even though they're serving it up as, you know, maybe not rage, but like 
they're poking fun. I just get a higher pitch and I yeah yeah. But, no, but I mean not just you. Like, like like you can even go with things. Okay, they're poking fun at this. They're making light of it. But something actually like fucking lit the fuse. Something actually something triggered that. Pulled their fucking nuts or whatever about that. You know, like something wound up. Yeah, I worked at a vitamin store for a really long time. Yeah, and four years in that game. You just but, get a crack anytime anyone uses a health product. But you you're really right about like you can grow out of things and but you yeah, get sick of them. Look, I did you know like and the the close sister I've come to I said to you before that I've performed and I've you know stood up on stage and you know mm. done speeches and, and lectures and stuff but at, like lectures I mean lectures at university man I, I want to do a lecture I don't mean lectures like I've lectured people and, and I so want to do a lecture but, as my hour comedy fest show just lecture it out um, so good. I've, I've um, I used to do like kind of performance poetry and um, that's probably the closest I've come to stand-up comedy, like to relating to it. I mean, needing to have not, not because not, not because my poems are jokes, although a lot of them kind of were. Anything where you need your audience, but that's to feel it. They need way. to, yeah, yeah. You, you need them to go with you. You need to get them on side or yeah. what it build build a relationship and that dying moment. And I've I've read, um, you know, I've read poems in audiences where people have just looked at me like, well, why did you bother? And mm. And often I'm thinking the same thing as I'm reading it. And what happened to me with that was after a few years of doing it, I took it pretty seriously for a couple of years where I got into doing it and, you know, I, I yeah. tried to do it and I went to some open mics and I, I didn't really do too many open mics. I mostly actually did my own shows or whatever or I opened for someone yeah. and did performances. And they went okay, but... Um, after a while, I just stopped believing completely in the stuff that I was doing, and I can actually remember it happening. One year, I was asked to do this thing, and I was reading through some past stuff, and I was going, a bit like how you would I imagine, a bit like how you might choose material, and you're going, oh, I'll use that, that's safe, that works. That works I'll, 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 I'll put that in the second pile, I can... I can Safety net. Safety net. I can use it if I need to. It's never a hugely exceptional. Yeah, but it works, and if I need it. So I, it was this, a, what I imagined is a similar process. And this is brand new. I'm going to fucking test this at some point. It I will might slip not, that in. I, I might have a two-second window to get and if this. I'm, and if I'm totally not feeling it on the night, mm. I, I won't. I'll just skip past that. Yeah. And rah, rah, rah. So all of those sorts of things happened. But this one time I was going through that process and choosing the shit, and I was just going, nah. Nah, nah, yeah, I've been there. Nah, nah. That happens you know? like all and day exactly, long. I bet. So all, all I'm just saying is this has just made me think that's a really relatable situation for me. Yeah. Like I have been through that and I occasionally think... Anyone will go for it. A chef will go through it. That's true. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like, ugh. I hate all of these recipes and I just want to get totally... And then oh, you just got to think about like 11 year old you and then just what would 11 year old Alice do? Well, that's it. Like if you can, if you can... I always turn back to 11 year old Alice, man. She is a big part of my life. And 70 year old Alice is a very big part of my life. But you haven't got to yet, but... Yeah. I'm just like, shit, she's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> that girl has done some stuff by now. Like yeah. she's like finally got the holiday she wanted. Yeah. She's had it all we last year because she finally got some time to fit yeah. that in. And yeah. she's like, every time I have one of these kind of, oh, what do I do things? It's like, seven-year-old Alice has seen the bigger picture. Mm. And it's the ability to just make a really cutthroat, like, yeah, take the risk. What are you even talking about? Take the risk. The fact that you've 
considered it and consciously kind of you're aware it's a risk means that you're safe and you're not going to be an idiot about approaching it but just take the risk see when your own analysis like take the risk girl do it